Traveling the Vortex. I'm a shooting star into the sky Like a tiger defying the laws of gravity I'm a racing car buzzing by Like Lady Godiva I'm gonna go, go, go There's no stopping me We've joined the doctor as he travels the vortex And that episode number 198 I don't always give out jelly babies But when I do, they're in a cigarette case I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. Bring me a shrubbery. The planet of shrubs. How are you guys? <laughs> I am buying a cigarette case tomorrow. <laughs> I have one somewhere. I have one too. <laughs> I, as soon as I saw that scene, I went, oh, I'm loading mine with jelly babies. <laughs> I don't think mine's the kind that, I don't know if it works let's, well. uh, let's, his, his had an elastic thing on it. You so. brought it up, so let's talk about it now because I was going to talk about it later. When he pulled that thing out, I went, what? <laughs> I thought this is all in like framed around this whole scene, which I can understand because and the, the it, setting, in the orange, makes... the setting, it makes sense. But I thought, what? <laughs> what on earth is he going to pull out of there? And when he opened it up and I saw the line of jelly babies, I started laughing. And Holly and Caitlin both went, what was that? And I said, those were jelly babies. <laughs> and then they started laughing. <laughs> I thought maybe it was were, brilliant. Like maybe they were cigarettes. He was going to offer the guy a cigarette and then not take one himself. I could have seen that. Or it could even seem like a candy cigarette, maybe. I could, maybe I, that I, maybe there. I couldn't see him offering a cigarette to anybody, even in a, because it's a family because show. It's a family show. And I even in the UK, that. they're they're very conscious about children watching, and they don't want to yeah. perpetuate well, tobacco use and, compared yeah. to. Fifty years ago, it's a huge thing here. But I mean, I, I even the UK is being sensitive uh, about uh, it. I think. In the best case scenario, he's going to offer it and then take it away from the guy and say he's very bad for you, or he's going to <laughs> you. What are you doing? You're not allowed to have that. It's just for show. But no, I this and then and, and even they, they kind of because it was cut down here very low, and he grabs one and takes it. And I still still wasn't sure what it was, and then when they showed it and called it, I was like, oh, that is awesome. <laughs> Best scene ever. Yes, agreed. I wonder if he's still hoping to say the line at some point. <laughs> Care you know? for Jelly Baby? Yeah. I don't know. The way that that was framed, I don't think he even had to. He didn't have to. Didn't have but, to but, say but, it. but as it a like, fan, I wonder if Peter wants to say the line at some yeah, point. Maybe. It's like saying, when I say run, run, that's an iconic line. You want to say that line. It's like being no, James only Bond you and say not that saying Bond, he did? James Only Bond. you want to say that oh, Only I want to. <laughs> I <laughs> because I love Todd Trouton. <laughs> He kind of got that last week. He did. Well, he said it last week. Yeah, yeah. he did say it last week. He did say it exactly that, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. When I say run, run. <laughs> That's why I You're not in to charge it. here. <laughs> okay, you say <laughs> run. That was, a, that was a classic scene right there, too. All right, you say run. <laughs> well, <laughs> early preview. How are you guys? <laughs> <laughs> Doing anything fun this week? I watched a movie. What movie did you watch? watch? We watched um, The Fault in Our Stars. Oh, what'd you think? A very charming film. I really, really enjoyed it. If you want to read the books, there, we'll loan it to you. Speaking of cigarettes, <laughs> when he pulls... Spoilers, <laughs> but it's near the front. It's, when he pulls the, the cigarette and puts it between his lips, and I'm like, wait a minute, this is about cancer. She's she's wearing an oxygen mask, for crying out loud. She's got a big old tank of oxygen. What is going on here? <laughs> and she berates him for it, because he's also a cancer yeah. survivor. And I loved it. And then he was like, no, it's a metaphor. I put it between my lips. You put the thing that kills you, that can kill you between your lips, and you don't light it. And then don't you're, give it the power. You don't give it the power. And I thought, wow, that's really cool. So. Cool. 
Anyway, charming film, act really well acted. Um, kind of weirded me out at first when, first of all, I recognized the gal was the gal that played. I can't remember her name, but uh, she played Cheyenne in, Woodley or something. Yeah, like that. she's the lead in Divergent. Yeah, and I went, oh, that's uh, what's her name from Divergent. And Holly said, yeah. She said, and I think the guy is the guy that plays her brother in it Divergent. Is. <laughs> and I said. Well, that's awkward. <laughs> Which I haven't read the rest of the Divergent books. Um, Chrissy could probably attest to this, um, or, or, or not attest. He, that's what. I well, understand. he doesn't in the first one. He doesn't he really doesn't. have that big of a role, and he didn't in the movie. And yeah. as soon as I finished this, I went, "Oh, okay. He had better be a bigger role in the next two books and t- next two movies because he was underutilized in the first movie. Because this kid's He's, a great. He is a actor. really good actor. Oh my gosh, he was incredible. So, something else and she did a in. really good job too. Man, yeah. just all of the all of the acting in it was wonderful. And uh, Laura Linney, right? Uh, no, um, Dern. Dern. She did yeah. a really good yeah. job. I Everybody. thought the dad was a little underutilized. Oh, and Willem Dafoe. Oh yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> it's so well done. So it's a really yeah. It's, it's, it's quite enjoyable. Yeah. I, I'm I it's highly not recommend I would watch it. A lot, no, but. no, it's it's heavy. It gets real heavy. But uh, no, I thoroughly enjoyed it and highly recommend it to anybody. I think I watched anything else this week. I'm, you know, just the regulars. Um, uh, Gotham, which I, I I told myself I'd give it three episodes. Yeah. And I've given it three episodes. And I'm on that. I'm not hating it. So I'll probably keep watching it. But it's not grabbing me like anything else. It's, but then I remembered back to a lot of, like, the first three episodes of Arrow took a little bit to get used to. Mm-hmm. Even Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which I was so excited about and wasn't going to give up on no matter what, <laughs> just because it's an MCU um, uh, project, also had kind of that, got to get going, you know? It's a slow burn. Yeah, yeah, slow burn. And so I'm thinking this is kind of the same, and so I'm just going to give it a little more of a try. My sister was telling me that it might not be back next year. What, Gotham? Yeah. She was seeing, I don't know where she saw it, that the ratings weren't as good as Fox was wanting. Well, they're not. Yeah. And so there's a good chance it too. might not be renewed. And being Fox, it could be canceled next week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I think it already gave it a full season. I, it had to. It had to. It was a deal it, with, yeah. That was a deal with Warner Brothers. Yeah. yeah. In fact, that was a deal with the Netflix deal, too, was because Netflix <laughs> gets the entire run. Um, but so I, I'm not hating it, but I think I may have mentioned this on the show. I definitely put this on Facebook. It needs to decide whether it wants to be a crime drama or it needs to be decide if it needs to be if it wants to be a Batman show because it's still skirting the line of both it and is. it's not. What's nice about I think the it's third not working. one was it pushed the some of the supervillain cameos back a bit more and focused more on the cops. This was the fourth episode, wasn't it? Or was it? No, the third? this is just the third. This is just. I think four is the next is next. Week. Okay. Yeah. Well, tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. Well, like I say, I'm giving it. I'm, st- I'm, gonna, I'm still sticking with it. I, I it hasn't turned me off, so I, I got to keep watching. Hasn't done anything offensive yet. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> this week, off, this so. week world do we live in that that is the prerequisite for a good television show? Oh, well, it hasn't pissed well, me off yet. Here's the I mean, thing: <laughs> is it's skirting the line of being trying to be a tr- crime drama, but it's also being a Batman show. And this week was more Batman than crime drama, especially with the balloons. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was, was like just, a. That was very Burton esque yeah. Batman, is what I thought. And did I say this on the show that uh, I figured out that uh, this is, I'm sure, no correlation or reason why they did this, but the gal that's playing Selena Kyle, she looks exactly like a young Michelle Pfeiffer. Exactly like a young Michelle Pfeiffer. So, 
I don't know if I agree completely, but I can see it. Oh, I don't think totally. exactly like it's exactly. <laughs> Maybe I'm sure I... it's not Michelle Pfeiffer. It's definitely not Michelle Pfeiffer. This girl's only Pfeiffer's like 14 kid? years old. <laughs> or they've done a really good makeup <laughs> job. That's um, you do know Michelle sold her soul to <laughs> not age. To Tim Burton. She hasn't aged. Um, Tim Burton has that ability. I'll sign up as well. <laughs> another really good uh, Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. this week. Um, yeah. Not as good as the first two, but really, really still solid. They're still on solid ground with it. And they just if they can keep this momentum going, it'll be a fantastic season. Um, watched again, which I had seen the uh, uh, pilot episode to The Flash. I watched it again. We watched that. What'd you think? It was all right. It wasn't bad. It, it, that very different feel from Arrow. Yes, much, very it, much so. It kind of felt a little bit Amazing Spider-Man-esque. Uh, with the parent being maybe pared down just a little bit. Well, yeah, yeah not down. quite that. Yeah, yeah. It's, but his tone of his character is kind of similar. There you go. I agree. His, I agree. The, the death of his parents and tying back to how he eventually gets his powers, et cetera, et cetera, tying into right. the abilities. I mean, there are, Although only his, you, you only his back, mom his, his mom, is yeah. dead. Yeah. yeah, you strip it back enough that there are the similarities. But there's a lot of cliches that I kind of expected and saw. And Who's the actor that played Flash in the 90s? Uh, Tom, uh, Tom Wesley Ship. Yeah, it's him. Um, yeah. Is that his name? That's him. It's not Tom. It's um, something, something John. Ship. Ship. John Wesley Ship. John, John Wesley, Wesley Ship. Um, so you got to find out who he is. Yes. <laughs> who which, he's playing, and, and which I thought it, was cool. It was a it was a pretty good pilot. I'm going to give it a few more episodes yeah. before I decide. Well, it feels very sure. piloty. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it feels it really like. Does. Uh, and I was really afraid because he they they essentially they showed us what happened on Arrow last month or last month last year. Yeah. And they they kind of treated an episode or a few episodes of Arrow as a back end pilot. And then I heard that they were going to do the pilot, and they were going to reboot it. And I'd heard that, and I was like, "Why? Don't no, know. You're gonna if you're going to tie these shows together, don't don't restart this thing." But they did it in such a way that it still goes. It, still fits. it, it does. It goes nice. right along with what the in fact the events that happened in Arrow happen again in the pilot. But you get to see a lot of the in between of what oh. happened, and that's what made it really really cool. Oh, so okay. the events that happened in Arrow are the exact same events that happened in the pilot of the Flash, but you get a lot more lead up see to different, and different perspective. Right, exactly. Oh, okay. So that was so, cool. For somebody who hasn't watched any of Arrow yet, but was considering going ahead and jumping into I haven't, the Flash, I haven't I think watched that okay. season of Arrow at all. I think you'll be okay. okay. It's although it seems like it's heavily going to cross because oh, there's uh, an episode coming up. Well, at the, just based off the title, at alone. the end of Arrow. Well, that was the other thing I watched this week. Is the pi- uh, the uh, not the pilot? The first episode of this season's Arrow uh, was Wednesday, Thursday. I don't remember. Wednesday. I don't know. I watch all this on Hulu <laughs> the day or two afterwards. <laughs> anyway, it, it premiered this week. And at the end, there's a call from Barry. So it's obviously going to cross a lot. Hmm. Just catch up with Eros, John. It's it's well worth it. Oh, I plan to. Just, just jump school. in and do it. Yeah, no. I know. Just jump in and do it, though. Because if you're going to watch a movie one night, instead watch two episodes of Arrow. They're, I think the first two seasons are now on Netflix. They're on Netflix, Netflix. yeah. So get caught up because it's it's oh man it's it's so i might try to catch up on arrow now because sarah you should because sarah, they, sarah wants to watch gotham with me agents she's almost caught up with agents of shield and wants good. me to wait to watch it with her and flash so i'm like gonna have nothing to watch throughout the I week except the for first season of agents on blu-ray if you guys need to oh she's borrow. already in the season two okay yeah um, she just, she watched the uh season premiere today okay. so um, and then there so, were some things with the Flash pilot. I, w- I wish they could have done differently, but I see how the why they did it the way. Like 
Do you care if you hear this stuff, Sean? No, go ahead. Okay. Well, I'd be careful because some people... It depends. Well, it's, it's kind of basics of how he gets his powers. Okay, go ahead. Um, I, at first, until they explained that what happened created others like him, I was like, why didn't they just have him at the Super Collider and have him get the powers that way? That would be really cool instead of this random storm. And until they gave the explanation of setting up for the season and giving us it was reasons all related, for, yeah, yeah, I, that, that's, well, and it was those little things that they fixed for me. But I was like, uh, it could have been so much cooler if they'd done it a little differently. But I understand what they're Here's trying. Here's the other thing, though, that I liked about the way they did it is he was still in his lab because that's the original sta- uh, um, uh, Flash um, origin, mm-hmm. and. I get the impression that it wasn't just the accelerator exploding that gave him the powers. It was a combination of the materials in his lab that splashed him, which originally in the uh, it- Flash origin in the comics, oh, okay. he was splashed by chemicals in the forensics lab. And that's how he got his powers in there. So I like that they've coupled the two Combined together. The two, yeah. they added the, a bit more science. The old show, too, is there was a lightning bolt that threw him into a right. rack of chemicals. Right. So it was kind of the combination of both. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just a little worried also that they're going to make the villains some of their abilities a little bit too over the top. Well, and the fog and guy seemed a little too much. That's the other thing is the Flash villains are silly. I mean, come well, on, Captain true. Boomerang, um, Mr. Cool. If, if, if I mean, the it's the tone it, of the show light enough, it can work. Yeah, and so, but the other thing that irritates the heck out of me is how Marvel, or no, not how Marvel, how DC is doing their universe and splintering off into different. Although I did read today that there's a hint that they might be crossing an arrow with Gotham, which I thought was I, – I don't know how they're going to do that. Because they're, and they're doing a network crossover, and the networks That's are playing – really hard to do. Yeah. I can't remember how much work it took to get Angel on the season series finale of Buffy. Right, right. So there's a lot of red tape there, but if they do that, then I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. But here's the other problem that I have is that they've said that the, 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 uh, the DC – Movie universe is completely separate from the TV universe. Cinematic and television Right, which I hate. But they're splintering. They're continuing to splinter their... Because now you've got Constantine on NBC, which Constantine was always Vertigo Comics, which was an offshoot of DC. They never really crossed over No, but I mean, if if they can... And Supergirl is supposed to be coming to NBC. CBS. CBS, that's right. And so... My problem with that, that is by by jumping network, she'll never be able to cross a lot of these universes over, with the exception of the ones that are on the same universe, like Arrow and Flash. But then I just read that they're talking now about a Suicide Squad movie, which sucks because they've already set up a Suicide Squad team on, on Arrow. Arrow. And uh, oh, that's just so frustrating. Marvel, keep doing this right. Keep 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 everything together. Keep show- they were just they they released this week at uh, New York Comic Con. Yeah, New York Comic Con, the image of uh, Daredevil, Daredevil yeah. which shocked the heck out of me because it's not the red costume. It's it's black. If you haven't seen it yet, I wonder if it's just for the pilot. It's it, and I think it is, and it also has some foundation in the comics because in saw, Frank Miller's yeah. version of the one of the reboots of Daredevil, that was the first costume he wore. And it almost looks exactly yeah, like the one yeah, in the middle of comics. Drawing. So um, I think they'll work into the classic uh, red uh, leather blue <laughs> Daredevil. Well, I guess the movie, <laughs> the, two, the 2003 movie was the one that took it the leather direction. But um, I think they'll, I think the they'll work spandex. into the red uh, costume, yeah. which they need to do. Well, they, Especially they since to. in the Marvel Universe, cinematic universe, they've been very 
it, it's slightly different, but very true to their original looks. Yeah, and, and I mean, that's even what they Hawkeye mean. has purple in his outfit. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and then if you see the... And his newest in one. the newest one, it's even, even more. more. And yeah. it's the long coat, too, the long yeah. leather coat. And so I, I'm fine if he doesn't have the mask with the pointy purple sticky things. <laughs> I don't care if he does, has or hasn't got that. But, yeah, they, as long as they, they keep it relatively true to the comics. Um, so yeah, that's that's where I'm at with that. I was just a little disappointed this week that I saw that they're doing a suicide, which I guess they announced a while back, but I somehow I missed it and didn't see it until this week. So, so they named three of the bads in it, and then of course there's the talk about Sony. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> maybe thinking to play friendly with uh, well, and Marvel. even possibly rebooting Amazing Sp- or Spider-Man to do it. Oh, I wish they wouldn't do that. That's though. what I don't want. They just that's need they need to, to say them? this. We've rebooted once. Let's keep this continuity that's and fine. let's cross it over. It, yeah. yeah. And let Sony have that. Let There's them no have reason. those titles. And, but but play friendly and letting cross over into the other universe. At least Avengers. And I let mean, Sony have the whatever money they take from it. Helping them distribute it. Put some money into it. Do it. Let's 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 share the load because it's only going to make twice as much money that they can then disperse amongst. Yeah, I mean, and, and, just play and friendly. If, and people, if that could also friendly. get some input on the scripts from Marvel. And Joss and everything to improve the Amazing well, Spider-Man I think franchise that's the one thing even that, better. That's the one thing that Sony, I think, well, some of the people over at Sony is worried is that Feige, uh, Kevin Feige, how do you say his name? Is it Feige or Fugi? If he gets his foot in into and, the Sony, that he'll he'll want too much control and too much power to kind of steer things. Because well, he really I, does. I think he, that's they, they need some help though, steering it. Marvel the problem. is in the driver's seat. In fact, the, the announcement that they just canceled Fantastic Four to put pressure on Fox to say you need to return the product to us because <laughs> we're not wait they've just canceled Fantastic they, Four the comics they, they canceled oh, the Fantastic the Four comic altogether in order to try and put some pressure on Fox as leverage to get those characters back cinematically and of course Fox isn't doing anything with them at the moment well yeah, they, well, they're, yeah they're, they're making a movie. movie no they canceled that they canceled well, the it's, movie it's not canceled oh. it's postponed because yes, I they, knew they gave it they um, pushed it another year yeah, yeah they pushed or it no, back. No, not even another year but they pushed it off of its release date they uh, wanted to give it to uh, Daredevil yeah Daredevil no not Daredevil or not Daredevil uh, uh, Deadpool yes oh okay yeah but yeah so Marvel's you know they're, they're kind of swinging their weight around a little bit and they can you know so I think they should if, too if, you know if I was Marvel I don't know that I'd be all that concerned about playing nice with Sony and Spider-Man. I don't know that I'd really want necessarily, as much as the fans may want it, I kind of would keep plodding along no, with what I'm I doing think and they let sh- them no. screw up Amazing I think, Spider-Man I think they should, play, they should play nice with Sony because Sony they've already got Sony in a vice because Amazing Spider-Man 2 didn't do well. So play as nice, well with, play wanted, nice yeah. with Sony. Play hardball with Fox because Fox is success. They had they just had a super Days successful yeah X Men film that's coming out successful. on Tuesday. Well, and here, here's here's an interesting but that I didn't realize. Did you have? And they're going to re-release it in theaters. And there Deadpool's was, got a lot of momentum. There was no merchandise tie-in. Yep. And that was because Marvel oh, didn't want to do it. Marvel said, "Nope, we're not giving you <laughs> any cut of that pie at all." Yep. So we're not allowing it. So there were there were no toys. There were no posters. Oh, there I didn't were no even lunch boxes. That. There there was nothing for Days of Future Past, and it's all because Marvel and Disney were like, "You got to give them up." Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and I, I rightfully so. I mean, yeah. Marvel. I don't know. I'm kind of torn on that. Uh, Fox has had X Men long before, and they did a decent job with most of it for the most part. And so, and there were, I don't know, the not letting them merchandise it seems a little greedy. To it's, me. Gr- it's greedy it's, and petty, it's, but it's also it's a business. I, I understand it's what the they're right trying to do. Is a business with the pressure on them yeah. to get rid of it, because so. they're not going to cancel those comics. 
No, <laughs> no, no. Well, well, in fact, they just killed off Wolverine. They're killing Wolverine. Uh, so. He's dead. Yeah, but who knows how long that was last week, wasn't it? Or was it two weeks? I think, I think issue three of. Four, but it's I funny. I think it's funny though that the following on that two weeks later. There's another Wolverine run. They're starting at one. It's a whole new. Yeah, so <laughs> obviously they're bringing back. <laughs> what they going to kill him off for very long? Universe Wolverine. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Wolverine. Well, well they're setting up the new Secret Wars too. They're oh, doing yeah, another Secret Wars, mm-hmm. so they're setting all that up. So I'll just nod and say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, so DC still doing it wrong. Marvel's still doing it right. <laughs> um. What else did I do this week? Kids had their last soccer game on Saturday. Hooray! And then uh, we so yesterday was was crazy busy because we had the two games back to back. Then right after that, they they gave they served everybody lunch. It was really cool. They had hot dogs really? for everybody. Yeah, very cool. And then right after that, they had an award ceremony. And then after that, they had a kids event where they had like bounce houses and crafts and and uh, fire trucks and the pl- a police car and all this you know kids event uh, for the kids as kind of a celebration after afterwards. So. We were out there till probably about three o'clock. An hour and a half of that I spent in the car because I woke up Saturday morning and had what Holly's had all week, which was just this horrific cold. Um, well, you I kept you telling her I kept telling her I had a, a Ebola. Yeah, I, well, I was sick on Thursday <laughs> and I was worse on Friday, and then Saturday it just it smacked me in the face. But I, I didn't want to miss the kids' soccer games, so I went out there. And then after. After the award ceremony, I went out to the car <laughs> and kind of laid down for a little while while the kids played. Holly and the kids went and did the kids' activities and then came home and I fell straight to sleep and slept all afternoon and got up at about 5 o'clock, 5.30, feeling better, feeling mm. a little better. So got up and around and then went to bed early last night. So all right, we watched Who and then we watched uh, Fall in Their Stars and then I went to bed right away. So. <laughs> That was pretty much it. I, uh, this week's been just television and, and uh, just staying up to date with all my all my shows and uh, yeah, and then following their stars. Didn't get any of your films watched. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I'll bring some more back next week probably. I uh, watch a lot of movies. What'd you watch? Okay, so I watched Underworld on Tuesday. It's part of your Halloween. That's part of my Halloween. These are all ho- almost all. Halloween <laughs> Is that the stuff. vampires? Okay. Lichens films. Yes, yeah, okay. I only watched the first one. I don't know if I have. I saw two. Never saw the three slash prequel, and never saw four. So I don't. I don't know if I'm going to go and watch the rest of them. Maybe which, out of curiosity. Which are now being rebooted. Are they really? Yeah, I saw it. it the right. first one's a really well done film. Really? I'm just a little. You're being close. Oh, am I breathing? Yeah. Right. <laughs> the first one's a really enjoyable that. film. And has a lot of. Has I can't a really good remember. Cast. I think I saw the first one, but it's, it's, it was it's very, right when it came out. It very much. Well, that was like 2003. It okay, very much so felt like they were trying to do the Matrix for werewolves and vampires. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Black <laughs> leather, etc., etc. It, it's, it's one of those films. I, I enjoyed it, but it took me I don't know like four viewings to watch it without falling asleep in it. Oh. And huh. I, it, I don't think it's because I, I don't think it's not that it bored me. Um, it's just that it. Maybe it was just the timing that I just I, I never really could get into. It's very cookie, the, kind of cookie cutter. And well, kind I, of, I don't know. Maybe it did bore me a little bit, but it just seems like it was one of those films that I really should be all over this, and for whatever reason, I just didn't enjoy it as much as I want to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then the second one, I honestly don't remember really. It wasn't very good. Anything and then the third it. one is a prequel, which I felt like they explained everything you needed in the first film. <laughs> <laughs> kind of how I felt about like, now we want to show it to you. <laughs> well, they even showed it to us in that too. There were flashbacks yeah. in the first film, yeah. so it's kind of like, what's the point? Uh, and then watched Cursed because that's <laughs> okay. just a guilty pleasure. Cursed. Christina Ricci werewolf movie. You see what I've done? Oh, about? yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I went from vampires, transitioned to ah, werewolves. So this week was werewolves. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I completely forgot about Craig Gilborn. Is he in that? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know he was from Kansas City either. I didn't know. I, would, I, would, I, would, I happened to look him up during the, huh. during the movie. That's, <laughs> that's just a guilty pleasure. When the werewolf burst through the glass... After they're talking smack on the, the person who it is and flips it off, flips them off. <laughs> that moment is just so. Oh, that's where you're going with this. Okay. Uh, and then I watched American Werewolf in London, which I hadn't seen in a really long time. I love that movie. It's so good. It's kind of. A, What's not good is American Werewolf in Paris. It's still kind of a guilty pleasure yeah. for me. Yeah. I tend to enjoy most of the werewolf movies just because they're. They there are kind of few and far between. Nothing's better than the Wolfman. I, well, I still haven't true. seen the remake though. It's not very. It's good. not very good. Uh, you know, I, there there was a part of me that really wanted to like the remake of the Wolfman, and I thought atmospherically it was really cool. Yeah. They, they did a lot of things visually. Right it was that, pretty well. And, you yeah. know, and then it got to that point where it was like, you knew you were watching a Joe Johnson film, Joe Johnston, and he directed. I think so, because it kind of got to that ridiculous. Slap happy goofy stage. It was, it was a horror film, but you couldn't take it seriously anymore. Uh, yeah, and I was like, "Oh, that's what this is." And it, I don't know. It kind of there were there were moments, but yeah. Somebody told me, and again, again, I hadn't seen it, but somebody told me that it is very much in line a remake of the Wolfman. It though, is. That it's 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 done. It's more Wolfman in the than same, a werewolf same way. Yeah. And that's that was the I believe, if I remember right, that was the first of the Universal Monster films that was specifically written for now they used yeah. they used well you know the actual lore and, and they borrowed from uh, there was other no, literature. There was no Wolfman novel. Yeah, they b- borrowed from werewolf literature, but and and legend. But yeah, they actually wrote that specifically for. Yeah. So there wasn't. There was no <laughs> and, going back and, and adapting and a, a book. Of, you had to go back and adapt the film. And so. a lot of the lore, they I think they kind of made up or elaborated on in the Wolfman itself. Kind of like the Mummy too. They kind of they took the the myth and wrote a story around it. Because the Mummy was fair. It's it's a fairly recent curse idea. Oh, I, yeah, I had it. read that that was based on uh, what's his name's novel. I didn't think that was a novel because uh, it, it was based off of when they finally entered King Tut's tomb and the old microbes oh, came back was. alive. Actually, it's, it's based on it's based off and, the, and the idea that the, it killed everyone. It's based off that autobiography, uh, that biography of the guy that that opened uh, up the that tomb. opened the yeah. tomb. And they had all those weird things that happened following that. You're yeah. right. So Which it was later adapted science from that. That's explained. What it was. That's but, what I'm thinking yeah. of. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. I'm still torn about the end of American Werewolf in London. I like how it ultimately ends, but it feels kind of like because it's going along at this great pace and is really fascinating. And then it feels like the 
two-thirds mark, it kind of starts falling apart. Well, it gets... It builds to the big transformation, it, it which gets is amazing. Bit, it gets a bit silly, too. It gets a bit tongue-in-cheek. Uh, well, it's kind of a little tongue-in-cheek earlier on when he's talking well, about werewolves. Well, but it made really and, drive it home, yeah. though. <laughs> it's, it's, it just felt like they didn't quite know where to take the film. They knew their end point. They didn't know how to get there from the first transformation onward. Yeah. Go do werewolf stuff. Okay. Yeah, it's... And really, he only transforms one other time after the one. I mean, it's two nights, so it's not a lot you can do with it. But well, but it I, spends I, a lot of time. Could have, they could have explored more of that daytime. That's just of it. It's the spends, aftermath of him realizing what he had done. It spends a lot of time of him dealing with the curse, building, knowing that he has to that. it. Right. Well, knowing and not that, even necessarily believing it. Right. Exactly. And so it has that whole. But I think you're right. I think they could have explored that a little more before. I think they almost could have cut down some of the beginning around. and moved the transformation halfway. <laughs> Most a good and chunk of the beginning is them walking, walking in the, the woods. <laughs> or the moor, the yeah. Moor, yeah. <laughs> but it's such a brilliant. It's like 45 minutes of film. <laughs> Did you hear that? No. <laughs> Did you hear that? Yeah, I think I heard it that time. <laughs> okay, let's let's walk a little faster. <laughs> okay, now let's run. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Still probably the top two of werewolf films. I would agree. I would agree. What's your first? Uh, Wolfman okay. would be first, and then this. Oh, look at you! On the same page. <laughs> and I love werewolf films. I there was I went through a long stretch. I don't. <laughs> well, well, because the, the pro- none the, of them are like the Wolfman, and the Wolfman is one of well, my, the pro- is, is the my favorite universal. Is they, 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 I haven't seen a lot of horror or hammer horror films and some of the ones between Wolfman and American Werewolf in London. The problem becomes is after American Werewolf in London, they try to do that again over and over yeah, and over yeah. and over and over. Right. The howling is very similar to yeah, that. It, yeah. It's concepts. all there's the problem, unlike vampires, werewolves, you, there's not as much variation on the right. theme. Yeah. And even Cursed is not very much at all. Honestly, that, that was one of my problems with the, the Benicio del Toro Wolfman is that. Despite some of the tone, it very much felt like it's the Wolfman. I mean, yeah. There's, there's not much you can do with here. this story. Yeah. Yeah. The Wolfman. And if it's going to go to that point, why bother? Why not <laughs> just watch the original classic? So. Well, I mean, with that, and that's the thing is, like, Bram Stoker's Dracula was able to go back and... Well, it tried to harvest, stick a little closer that's to the just source it, material. It, it harvested the book, is what it did. Yeah. And well, so even Mary it, Shelley's Frankenstein did the same thing. And exactly thing. the same yeah. thing with Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Is they went to the book, and they went to the source, and they, they made a film from that. And so it doesn't feel like a remake of the right. originals, which did borrow heavily from both of those books. Yeah. But, unfortunately, Dracula had a hard time borrowing from the book, because just as... Nosferatu had a problem with getting the rights. They were lucky Universal was yeah. lucky to get what they got, yeah. and they had a real hard time with the estate, and was had the same thing. Whereas Nosferatu just said, "Now to heck with you," and went and made it anyway. <laughs> made their own. Film Universal film, yeah. secured the rights, but still had a lot of breathing down their neck on on what was done, and so they altered theirs based on the idea that they they were still using the the Bram Stoker story, but they kind of finagled it in such a way that. They got away with a lot of stuff. Whereas, by the time it came around in the was it late ninety, early nineties, when 90s, they finally think, made yeah. the, they actually had the blessing and then went back to, to they wanted, yeah, yeah. Went, went back and did the whole thing. Uh, as far as movies go, that's all the Halloween ones I watched. We did watch Saving Mr. Banks today. 
You hadn't seen it yet? I hadn't seen it. It was good. Yeah. It was really well done. It's very Disney-fied, but it's yeah. good. I liked it. It was a bit darker and a bit more somber than I... Not darker. It was a bit more somber and more serious than I expected it mm-hmm. to be. But it was really well done. It's not one I'd go back and rewatch a lot. Yeah. I don't think I'd ever own it, but... I'm not as big of a Mary Poppins fan as you guys are. Paul, I Paul Giamatti so. needs to be in everything. He well, was great. I, I agree. <laughs> he was Paul, one of my Paul best Giamatti parts. and John Goodman. If we could yeah. just get these two okay. guys together in a film, it would be the best <laughs> thing ever. The thing with Saving Mr. Banks is I thoroughly enjoy the film, but I knew a lot about the story about P.T. Travis. See, and I didn't know as much, and, so it was more enlightening for me. And while I enjoyed Tom Hanks as Walt Disney, because I absolutely love Walt Disney, and you had to do it in such a way that you had Walt in the film... Walt wasn't there for a lot of that. In fact, a lot of the well, conversations and things that happened. how little he was in the movie. He was, he was not there for. So there were a lot of those things where, you know, he did come down and would uh, listen to. He'd have uh, um, the Sherman Brothers play uh, Feed the Birds. Which one, I like that Which he, was something that he did the, do. The Robert was a musical consultant on the film, and that was a yeah. nice touch. Yeah. But there wasn't a lot of uh, moments that he came down and, and kind of softened the blow. Uh, for it, he did a lot. He worked a lot of that long distance because he was busy doing a lot of other things yeah. at the time. So he's actually has a lot more hands on in the film than he did in real life. But it still was good, and I think it, it kept it was to appropriate the, for the film. It though. was, and it kept to the spirit of of how it yeah. happened and what. And I think I also read that he did not go to London to convince her at the last minute. Uh, so, um, but she did come to the premiere, premiere without an invitation. Without an invitation, <laughs> nice. That was a nice moment. <laughs> Uh, Bradley Whitford did a really good job with it. I thought he's another. He's one of those actors that always stands out and is he does kind of enjoyable. stand out. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, I, I just, agree. And ever since nailing him down for West Wing, it's like, oh, okay, it's that guy. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. now I know his name because of West Wing. And a surprising appearance by Colin Farrell. Yeah, I did not yeah. know he was in it, and he did a really good. <laughs> we job. kept staring he's at another. Him going, oh, he looks like Colin Farrell. Well, he sounds like Colin. I, I think, think I read Colin somewhere Farrell. that he was he wasn't even cast, and he was on. The set doing, or he was on the same lot doing something else, and they didn't come over and do that role. So I wonder if it was that uh, Winters and whatever that came out of last year. Yeah. He kind of had the same hair for yeah. him. He wasn't originally meant to do uh, Mr. Banks, but then they they had him come over and they said, "Well, read for this," and then that's how he ended up getting the part. So he's an yeah. actor that I'm always pleasantly surprised by. Every time I'm like, "Oh yeah, I kind of like that guy," and then he never disappoints me when I see him acting. Mm. I, I have not sought out. I have, I have not watched Alexander. <laughs> Maybe it's when you put him away for a little bit, and then you bring that him back out be. and go, "Oh, he actually is pretty good." Because he was he was one of those guys who had a, a spell there in the the nineties and two thousands where it was like, "Oh wow, Colin Farrell's in everything." <laughs> I think I'm tired of Colin Farrell, you know. And so it's only been recently that we went back and started watching, you know, I, 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 we watched, what was it, SWAT. And it was like, oh, yeah, Colin Farrell's in this. And then we watched something else. And I was like, oh, Colin Farrell's in that. And we watched something else. <laughs> I had no idea how much I was avoiding Colin Farrell during this time frame. Because we just bump, bump, bump one after another. Well, another. It's, it's funny, too, though, that I always see Colin Farrell in roles that are like action. And, and I never see him in the really seen it's the, heavy uh, drama roles like yeah. this. And after seeing this, I went... No one else could have played her dad. I mean, that nobody else could have done yeah. as good of a job as he the did. Wonderment, he yeah, had, yeah, needed. Well, it's, it's kind of like Seven Psychopaths. It's like it's not really an action film. It's kind of a comedy, but he does such a good job in it that it works. Well. I think that's what's good is he's he's good at action. He's good at comedy, he's and he's, an actor, and he's yeah. a, a great at drama. Obviously, like I said, I hadn't seen anything 
until this, and then I can't think of a drama I've seen him in. And then the other thing we did this week was Wednesday we went to a concert, Jimmy Eat World. They were in Kansas City at the Uptown. Little girl in the middle. Yeah, yeah, in the middle. Uh, it was the tenth anniversary of their Futures album, and so what? And actually, they've been around that long. They, they, <laughs> it's the twentieth anniversary of them being a band. Oh my gosh! And they're still together. And they're still together. Wow! Only lost, only swapped out one member. Uh, but they, so they went on tour for the album, which is my favorite of their albums. So I got to see them play my favorite album for the first time. Never saw them in concert, cover to cover, front to back. All in order. And then did two encores. Oh, wow. And ended with the middle. So if Jimmy at World comes to a concert or to a venue near you, go see them if you like them. They are really good. Cool. And they were affordable, too. It was only like 25 bucks a ticket. That's downright affordable. Perfect. Yeah. Of course, it wasn't a huge venue, but it was pretty <clears throat> packed. Uh, a band called Mini Bosses opened up for them. They were pretty enjoyable. They're, they do Nintendo cover songs. <laughs> so they did Mega Man. That sounds cool. uh, They offered Contra, but they did something else instead. They did DuckTales and got somebody to come up on stage to sing the lyrics for them because none of them <laughs> sing since it's all instrumental songs. That's cool. Yeah, it was, they're really enjoyable. They're from uh, Arizona. So Life is like a hurricane. He in Duckburg. Race cars, you know, lasers, airplanes. <laughs> it's a... Uh, Duck blur. You know, I didn't. I was sitting there thinking, I don't think I could go up stage and, and sing that song because I don't know that I would know they, all the they, words. They had the lyrics. But then you started singing, and I Lights went, "Oh yeah." <laughs> they, they didn't have the sh- a sheet of the lyrics for her to sing. So highly enjoyable show. Cool. That's all we did this week. I watched a movie. <gasps> what movie? Amadeus. <laughs> for school, so some light for watching. Yeah. yeah, some light watching. Some light watching. <laughs> <laughs> a little, a a little comedy. <laughs> what do we got? Schindler's List. Okay, some light. Yeah. Um, no, for uh, for school, we were, they they announced that we were going to be doing uh, Amadeus, um, and that he was breaking it up for Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And I thought, I'm not coming to class because I'm not going to break a movie up. Or I hate doing that. It's just annoying as heck to. Once I get in a movie, I don't want to stop. I'm in a movie. Yeah. And I know it's a three-hour movie, and you're going to do it. No, we're not doing that at all. So I own Amadeus. I'm just going to skip class for this guy this week, and I'm going to go home and watch Amadeus. I told him, I was like, well, I need to watch it and this kind of stuff. She's okay. So um, we booted up Amadeus and watched it. And it was beautiful and glorious. Had you seen it before? I had never seen it before. It <gasps> what? Was, it's one of those that I bought because I felt like I should own it. It's a, <laughs> well, it's an you know, Oscar winner. Yeah, you know, it's an Oscar winner. It's an important film. Blah, blah, blah. And I just, I never got around uh, to watching it. It's important. So I was like, yay! <laughs> and, um, I've seen it, but it's been a really long time. Yeah, well, it, was, it was beautiful and glorious. And F. Marie Abraham is spellbinding and amazing. And I don't think I liked it. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Well, it's an Oscar winner. No. I, no, yeah, I like Oscar movies. No, it doesn't. Um, depends on the Oscar movie. Come on. I do like Oscar movies. He did like Schindler's List. I did like Schindler's List. No Country for Old Men. I didn't like that one. <laughs> well, I mean, it was okay. That should not so, have been an Oscar sometimes film. Sometimes they miss the Don't mark. spit food at me. <laughs> sometimes they miss the mark. Sometimes they miss the mark. Um, 
I'm not saying that it didn't deserve it. I don't remember what else was nominated that year. It was a very good film, but it's just, I, I, I was trying to kind of feel my way around it, and I, I was looking at Mel going, well, I liked this, I liked this, it was really cool, and, you know, blah, 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 and I enjoyed it. I sat there for a minute, and I said, I don't know, what do you think? She goes, too many notes. <laughs> that was her review, which if, if you, I don't know if you remember, because it's been a while, when he gives his first composed uh, thing for the Emperor, uh, who's wonderfully played by Jeffrey Jones, who comes in and he says, well, it was just, it was, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Too many notes, sorry. Yes, yes, that's it, exactly. Oh, Too I many notes. Take out some of the notes and you'll be fine. And Mozart replies with, well, which ones did you have in mind? <laughs> <laughs> but she, she just looked at me and said, Too many notes. And I went, yes, that's exactly what's wrong with this movie. <laughs> it's not that it was bad, it was just... Too much of it. I don't you know. Did the cut about thirty to no. forty-five minutes? No. I don't know. I, I like one of the operas that he was putting on that kind of went on and on and on and on and on and on and on after the death of his father. And I kept sitting here going, "I had to cut this. I had to cut some of this." Now I, I say it's Mozart. I'm not a huge Mozart fan. If you're going to pin me down, I'd say Beethoven all day, every day. But I, I just Mozart's like, eh, okay. And I think it's because it's opera. I don't. I don't particularly enjoy opera. But then it ended with this big and explosions and flashbangs, people crashing through walls, and it was a big, impressive opera. And I thought to myself, I wonder if this would have been as impressive if you'd have cut out some of it, or did you need to kind of sit through all build of it to, to it. get to build up to that? I don't know. Um, but obviously, I don't have an Academy Award for editing, so I, I you know, I'm going to leave it alone. But yeah, it was just I actually took it and sold it the next day at work, and Matt looked at me like I was nuts. I was what? Like, yeah, I just it's not one I'll go back and rewatch. I enjoyed oh, watching God. it. I'm glad I've seen it. I, I won't watch it again. <laughs> And then I found out that the next one of my favorite films. The next day, class, um, they had problems with the projector and they couldn't get the DVD player to work. So I'd have had I gone, I'd have seen an hour of Amadeus <laughs> and then nothing. So they're still finishing it up this week. It's like you're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> How many days can you miss before you're uh, not too many? <laughs> so you may have to go sit in on the last <laughs> hour of it again. Go sit in on the last hour. Yeah, F. Murray Abrams. Amazing. Oh, I thought uh, Tom Hills was great as well. Yeah, he was good. I didn't, I didn't know. I knew Tom Hulse was um, Quasimodo in uh, in Hunchback. In Hunchback uh-huh. I did not make the connection that he was in Animal House. Yeah, yeah. No idea. He's the young kid. Yeah. The one of the pledges. No idea. Yep. So um, He's in uh, Parenthood, too. I see, I don't like Parenthood. No, <gasps> I know, you're all about Parenthood. Oh, know. my God. I don't have the kids. Series? I know the... I, I, liked, I watched and liked Parenthood long before I had kids. And yet you still had them. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, there's there's moments where <laughs> Colly and I both relate to that movie with Caitlin sometimes. Why are you stressing out and getting so frustrated? Maybe we need to never see a therapist. <laughs> I mean, it worked in Parenthood. We, did, we don't want her to, but... <laughs> Nah, just you know. and of course the ongoing joke of uh, every time we go to a fast food restaurant and we dump the tray, we go, "Did you get your retainer?" <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> been there, done that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just I, I've always I've always kind of felt that Parenthood was overrated. It was one of those movies that everybody raved about, and I watched it. And, eh, it was all right, you know, rightfully you know. so. My uh, gosh, overrated. I don't. Know I like ensemble film. films though. I love ensemble films. So you like love Grand Canyon. I haven't seen Grand Canyon. Oh, no. You'll like Grand Canyon because I didn't. Um, <laughs> was there anything else I did this But week? I like Altman films. <laughs> They're always ensembles. I like ensemble films. It's going to be a good ensemble. Yeah, I just didn't like that one. 
Um, I thought I watched something. You didn't like Amadeus. It's not that I didn't like it. I just I I was. I can't believe you sold your copy of Amadeus. Underwhelmed. I I probably would have bought it from you for more than. Yeah, probably. Well, it is a DVD. Yeah. The reason I've held off on buying it is because I want to get it on the DVD. Um, I thought we watched something else, but now for the life of me, I can't remember what. So probably not. (laughs) Um, And then yeah, just uh, a lot more work, a lot more school. So. And a trip to Kansas City, which you're not going to... I'm not going to go into that. <laughs> <laughs> but it soured your week. Uh, <laughs> yeah. To say the least. Yeah. All right, should we move on to news then? <laughs> and now our listeners are going, what happened? <laughs> Believe me, you don't want to know. <laughs> if you read my Facebook post, you'll get the gist of why. Oh, yeah. What's happening in the news this week, Keith? At New York Comic Con, uh, Titan announced that there's going to be, in March, a five-part miniseries comic line starring the Ninth Doctor. It's played by Christopher Eccleston. He must have gave his blessing. He must have. gotten Given them the rights to... It's also going to star Rose and Captain Jack. Oh, now I'm excited. And it'll be out for the 10th anniversary of the return of the series. Keith was on board until he saw Rose was in it. <laughs> yeah, but then Captain Jack lifted it back up, so it's okay. So it balanced. No, I like who, who, Rose who, who, in 9. Who, who, I don't like who, Rose in 10. Who else would you have put in it? I don't, I don't think there's a hole for <laughs> them to have really. another companion. Which, isn't that interesting, though, that we've got um, two comics so far, with the 11th Doctor and the 10th Doctor, who have different companions. But when we do the 9th companion, we're going to do Rose, because well, there's really no way to... <laughs> And put we, him with anybody, unless you do it before he yeah. meets up with Rose, which we don't, don't know how much of that line it, up. Yeah, lines yeah. up. And 12 will be with Clara when it releases Wednesday. Right. And we so all have exciting. a preview copy because we're special. <laughs> Thank you, Titan. <laughs> Thank you, Titan. Titan is awesome. And we probably should review them again soon. <laughs> At least 12. It's part of our contractual obligations. <laughs> So expect a Doctor uh, Who comic book review soon. We're letting them, you know, get some story development going. Well, we're let it build up. We like to talk about arcs at a time. Yeah. This also gives us an opportunity to do some uh, more Capaldi yeah, or Twelfth Doctor anyway. Um, beyond the season, we got to have something between eight and Christmas. That's right. <laughs> uh, also in news, on a recent Reddit AMA. Robert Downey Jr. has said he is open to a role in Doctor Who. Because what actor would turn down any job? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, thought, that's my I, personal I, feeling. I thought we weren't talking about that one. <laughs> uh, he said it's an incredible series. A fan asked if he would repl- if he would appear in it. He said anything's possible. And then did add, funny you'd bring that up. A writer asked me to watch a particular episode about a month ago in hopes of breaking... Helping us break a story on a project. And I, this article doesn't say which one he watched, but I want to say I saw somewhere that it was a third Doctor story. Sea Devils, possibly. I can't remember which. Really? Yeah, it was a classic series classic episode. Series I'm telling you, they wanted him to play the master. <laughs> Keep the goatee. <laughs> which he doesn't have, which he looks weird. He doesn't have in the judge. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and I keep looking at the commercials going... He looks so much younger. He does look a lot younger without it. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. Which Holly's happy with because she's a huge Robert Downey Jr. fan and she likes him sans the beard. So, hmm. Which is funny because she won't let me shave mine off. 
<laughs> Some people look better with beards. She does like beards. She just doesn't like it on Robert. I guess it depends on how she was introduced to him. If she was introduced to him long ago when she he was, was too young beardless. to have a beard. Yeah. Yep. Less than Zero, Chaplin, all those films. Pre pre heart and soul heart and soul pre drug spiral. <laughs> Chances <laughs> are. Chances yeah. are. Air America. Air America. Did you see his comment that he wanted that I'll do Iron Man Four if they let Mel Gibson direct it? And Marvel was like, Okay. Yeah, that's what they thought was <laughs> hilarious as they went. All right. <laughs> Why not? He also admitted uh, nothing is impossible about him showing up on Marvel's Agents of Shield. Which I, I was reading the plausibility of that happening, though, and they said it would be very difficult. I would imagine, and I can't remember what the. I, I think it had to do with his contractual obligation with Marvel right now, because of the way that it pans out. That that would have to be a special project, and they would have to renegotiate the contract mm. or do a supplemental contract on it, and that that's very difficult in the industry to do. Because when you owe an actor $50 million <laughs> for this many projects, and then you go in and say, okay, we want you to do a cameo in a television series, but we only want to give you $100,000 for that appearance, that they, they, there's some like contract muddling that so has to be done. I wonder if Sam so. Jackson's more amenable to the idea. Well, Sam. That's how he got it Sam got has it a twice. different. Did you realize that Sam has a different contract? I didn't know until I was reading this. Oh, no. His contract is different. His contract so is more in the lines of, in fact, they said it's, it's it would be well, easier. To start get, off in cameos before it would be easier roles. to get uh, him, uh, uh, Chris Hemsley Hemsworth. Oh, Hemsworth, thank you, on Marvel Legends Cecile because he and Sam have the same type of contract mm-hmm. where they're not they're contracted for X number of films, but there's also writer clauses in theirs. Whereas Downey and Chris Evans have specific contracts. Mm. And so this, I should find this article for you because it was real quite interesting how they broke it down. I think IO9 did it or where did I see it? Sounds like Cinema Land or somebody, do. one of those had how their contracts lay out depends on how. Sounds and, more like an IO9 article. Yeah, and so it was it was quite interesting how 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 they were saying, you know, is it Cuz this is what they did. <laughs> they they took the statements and they said Okay, is it possible? And then they looked at what they know, because we don't know every detail about their contracts, yeah. but, but what we do what's, know from their contracts. If it was Cinema Blend, they probably scrolled past it because it was a misleading headline on Facebook. Oh, <laughs> Cinema Blend isn't near as bad as Movie Plot. Uh, I don't like Movie Plot. In I fact, I, un, I unfollowed Movie Plot finally because I, I finally got one of those completely misleading articles. Uh, I was about to went, that point with Cinema Blend. with you. Yeah, well, Cinema Blend. The one, the one, they the started doing one, that after Movie Plot. The most so recent bad, one right? was something about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and something not very good in the episode, and it was the ratings compared to The Flash. And that was nothing what was in the headline or the blurb. It was yeah. ridiculous. Anyways, <laughs> so there's that. What else is going on in news? Our last bit of news. Um, I don't have to... <laughs> I didn't say anything about that either, did I? <laughs> nope, but I saw it on there. <laughs> um, Brian Blessed <laughs> has told the story to Radio Times. We should thank C- credit the, credit the Five-ish Fangirls podcast for pointing this out. And uh, Rachel from Five-ish Fangirls pointed out the Ninth Doctor comics to us, too. So oh, that's, okay. that's good for her credit. Yes, thank you. A lot of times it just shows up on our feed, and I go, oh, 
<laughs> uh, Brian Blessed, apparently at one point... Because apparently I don't post on Facebook. <laughs> thought he killed Peter Capaldi. <laughs> <laughs> How much of this do you want me to read? Do you want me to read the whole story? Yeah, yeah. Do okay. it, do it. We got, we, this is our last news article. Read it. So... Uh, just they, the parts they, you read to us earlier. They, they asked him what he thought of Capaldi, and he thought, I, always, I said, I always shudder a little bit when I think of him. Do you know why? Well, I was in a history of Tom Jones, the BBC serial, as a wild, wild squire, Mr. Western. He's a great character lead <laughs> who loves Tom Jones and fights everybody. Peter Capaldi played a fop with a sword, and, and at the end of the series, I shoot him. He says to me, now I have you. Take out your sword, sir. And I just take out my gun and shoot him like Indiana Jones. But prior to that, there's a scene in which he challenges me and hits me across the face with a glove. My character is meant to turn around, give him a left hook, and flatten him. We thought we'd done the shot from all angles, but they said they'd do one more. This time I threw the punch and, oh, I pulled it. For no reason, Peter Capaldi put his face forward and I caught him in the face. He went flat on his back. His legs went up in the air. His arms went up. And I thought, he's in the death battle. I shouted, he's down. I think he's dying. That's my best Brian Blessed. (laughs) They quickly got an ambulance and took him to the hospital. But they wouldn't attend him for a while because they thought he was in drag. (laughs) He was still dressed as a fop with a beauty spot. <laughs> he was all right, but he did have a cut above his eye. They brought him around, and he didn't have brain damage or anything felt like that. I felt so embarrassed, but it was his fault, I promise you. After about three days, he phoned from the hospital. <laughs> That's the part of the story. That's <laughs> so not only did you punch him in the face... Not only did you knock him out and then make light of the situation, not only did they have to rush him to the hospital <laughs> and waited on treating him, and then waited on treating him. Three days later, he's still <laughs> in the hospital. Uh, and I can see that Brian Blessed's hands have got to be like huge. He's got like Hulk hands. <laughs> They're like ham hocks. <laughs> or, or, or do we think maybe that Peter Capaldi was just taking a? <laughs> uh, Peter called up and said Hello, it's Peter I know you feel embarrassed, Brian But it was my fault So whenever someone mentions Peter Capaldi I'm bloody glad he didn't He's still alive I thought I'd killed the poor bleep <laughs> uh, So So serendipitous That <laughs> Brian Blessed has a connection To the 12th Doctor now even, even past the offer that he got at one point, I think we reported a while ago that he was offered to, for the role and he didn't take it of the doctor. Oh, yeah. 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 He's a long history of doctor. Constantly connected. <laughs> Almost the doctor. Decked the, the doctor. doctor. Decked the doctor. God <laughs> <sighs> love you, Brian Blood. Fun stuff. That's it in news. <laughs> Dive! First up in feedback comes from Megan. Megan writes, Jelly Babies in a Cigarette Holder. Incredible. Hey, Vortex guys. Before I get into my thoughts on this week's episode, I just wanted to say one last thing regarding Kill the Moon. 
The complaints about the accuracy of the science have utterly bewildered me. I know. I know. I've been reading that this week. I've seen people complaining about the fact that eggs don't gain mass and that the physics don't make sense and so on. The moon is a space dragon egg. Why would you try to apply real science to something that doesn't actually exist? If a space dragon did exist, why would we think it operates within the laws of nature as seen on Earth? It's a space dragon. Maybe it exists on a different plane of human perception, and physics don't apply to it like we're used to. Maybe its additional mass came from the vortex in time, straight into the egg as nutrients for the baby, etc. Honestly, I've never watched Doctor Who and expected scientific accuracy, (laughs) and I don't quite get why this particular episode is getting flack for it when there have been so many episodes in the past equally guilty of ridiculous science. Anti-plastics, sentient fats, the core of the earth is a spider nest, (laughs) resurrection potions, or resurrecting potions. Anyway, this is just one of the things I've never... Uh, Master's a time lord. That's why that worked. (laughs) (laughs) Time lord. But he wasn't on Karn. (laughs) If he was on Karn, I could have maybe... (laughs) We don't know that you couldn't take the elixir off Karn. That's true, I guess. (laughs) Anyway, this is just one of those things that I'm never going to understand and will have to agree to disagree with people expecting hard science... (laughs) From this show about a time-traveling alien with two hearts and 13 faces. Okay, rant done. Sorry about that. I just felt the need to get that off my chest. I'm just going to throw it out there for... Just just in general for everybody. If you're watching Doctor Who for the science quotient, you're doing it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) The moon is an egg. (laughs) I'm utterly more critical about the science of Doctor Who than anybody at this table. And I didn't have a problem with that. I couldn't get past the fact that the moon was an egg. <laughs> Maybe that's why I didn't think about the science of it. Wait, the moon. Well, just smack me in the face with that and then I won't question it. <laughs> Wait a minute. Back up a minute. Don't don't explain the science. Just go back to what you said a minute ago. The moon is an egg. <laughs> okay. Keith brought science last week with a gestation period. It wasn't the science what's of it. The, it was a gestation period. What's the gestation period Although I mentioned it off night, and I feel like I should mention it now. When they got, we got the reveal that the moon was an egg, I did have the oh well that makes sense because that's why it was that's why it was gaining weight because there was this body growing inside of it. Never, never in the whole story, even on second watching, did I go well that makes sense. I think you did. I think you said well that makes sense. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, they, 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 I don't know if you did that on mic or not. I, it, it was off mic afterwards because you guys admonished me of why didn't you say that during the podcast? That's right. And I just remembered it after we were stopped. That's right. I think, well, that makes I think sense. my wait, wait a, minute a minute was it's been around the earth for 2,000 years. Well, wait. <laughs> it's been an egg that long? Science. It's not the science, it's the logic I have problems with. Keith, if you're watching Doctor Who for the logic, you're doing it wrong. Any other show, this wouldn't have worked, just at all. It would have been it would have been thrown out of the writers' room. They would have said, "No, that's too nutty of an idea. We just you, you can't make the moon an egg. Absolutely not. You can't do it. I don't, I don't care what show it is. I don't care what science show it is. I don't care what fantasy show it is. You can't do that. Doctor Who. They went, "What a cool idea." <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, moving on with... It was probably a memo. They went down to Stephen's office and said, Did you see what he's going to do? What? The moon is an egg. <laughs> That's kind of cool. <laughs> what a nutty idea. Yeah, tell him to run with that. Uh, on with Megan's uh, feedback. Onwards, then, to Mummy on the Orient Express. Actually, I went into this not expecting much. I figured it would be in the same vein as Time Heist, a pretty decent and standalone story. Wow, I was wrong. I loved this. I love, loved it to pieces. I'm writing this only having seen it once, so this could very well change, but I think this was my favorite of the season so far. Oh, wow. At first, I was really shocked that Clara was in this. I had expected her leaving would have been handled completely differently. Maybe with the doctor realizing he messed up once he did something he regretted while on his own. But I suppose it makes sense. Clara has such a history with the doctor now. She clearly cares about him a lot. So it makes sense that she would want to end things on a good note rather than the fight from last week. The situation isn't sustainable, though. Clara is back to lying to Danny and the doctor again and still doesn't approve of the doctor's methods, but she can't give him up. Like she said herself, the traveling is kind of an addiction. They have this gut feeling it's going to end badly for her. Soldiers were brought up again. This theme must be leading to something. I feel like you can draw parallels between the mummy, a soldier who keeps being brought back to life to fight and in an endless war, and the doctor. These soldier mentions of and his hatred of them could somehow be leading back to Gallifrey and the ramifications of the time war and his time on Trentalor. I'm not quite sure how. I'm sure there are theories, but I'm content with just enjoying the ride at this point. And what a ride it is. This story was wonderfully realized. The side characters were great. I wish Perkins had said yes to joining the team TARDIS. The twist at the halfway point regarding the nature of the train was really cool. I wonder who was responsible for getting them all together. We never did find out, but I bet we will come series end. Last thing... I really liked the scene between Clara and the Doctor on the beach. Directly addressing the Doctor's apparent coldness in the face of people dying was needed and really got the feeling that he actually is affected by it. He just doesn't show it for pragmatic reasons. I've gone on for quite a bit now. Sorry about that. Can't wait to hear what you all thought. Megan. Thank you, Megan. We'll Thank let you, you know what we thought here momentarily. Momentarily. Up next, Lisa. Stand by. Uh, I don't have Lisa. You mean to, you got sure. Chrissy? Oh wait, 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 wait! No, no, no! Wait, is this? Uh, She's down there on Thursday. She down there on th- okay, yeah, because she—that's right. She was early. Yeah. You're right. I'm sorry, Lisa. I found you. <clears throat> uh, Lisa writes. Comment question. Hello, fe- Trump. Hello, fellow travelers in the vortex. Keith, you are a precious stone in a key of cubic zirconia. Your reading of dashes as minus signs and creating a word problem out of a definition was priceless. I might be in love. <laughs> Sean, Glenn, you're a pair of semi-precious stones in my book. Is well, that a backhanded compliment? <laughs> <laughs> she did put a little uh, winky, smiley face thing after that. So, so it is a backhanded compliment. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Lisa. I'm glad you found my bumbling up of your email charming. <laughs> I thought I turned it into a word problem. <laughs> I read it as a word problem initially, that, and that's, that's why, why you, I felt the need to answer stuck, it. That's why you took it there. It was a definition. That's all it was. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna take all of Lisa's emails at face value from here on out because apparently I'm only a semi precious stone. I'm gonna I'm gonna read every single punctuation at this point. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, I am writing to discuss Kill the Moon, also known as just label it a woman's issue, walk away, and then once a decision has been made, a self-appointed male shows up and judges whether the woman made the right decision, as done by Doctor Who. I have to put up with this crap in my real life. Daycare, women's issue. Senior care, women's issue. Education, women's issue. Healthcare, women's issue. Label it a women's issue and we never have to deal with it again in America. And don't get me started on abortion as a storyline in Doctor Who, a show written almost exclusively by men, directed and produced mostly by men. Sigh. Too much inside baseball. So, it's the new adventures, Doctor. Sigh. I have to like an unlikable Doctor, and now I'm to spend money I don't have to listen to stories I may or may not want to hear so I can enjoy a TV show I used to love. Seriously? Too much product placement and on-screen advertising. Do I have to go back and watch the 4th, the 6th, and the 7th Doctor to really enjoy the show? Do I have to watch everything the lead actor was in so I can appreciate his portrayal of the Doctor? Do I have to purchase a surround system just so I can hear the dialogue and get the full effect of the show? It's all about more for those who have. Sigh. The on-screen advertising takes me out of the program. I'm just not enjoying the show outside the stunning visuals. You can park any stoner in front of New Who, and they become completely engrossed and want more Who. But it's just not enough for me to rewatch or purchase this series on DVD. The show seems to be trying too hard to be cool. I'll slap you so hard you won't regenerate. Clara the Doctor is being rude, crude, and full of nasty attitude. Indifference is not cool. It's Hollywood cool. You are either cool or you're not. You can't act cool. I am fine with the get-over-your-hang-ups agenda. But the TARDIS is visible through the window in the door of the school, and it makes no noise when it dematerializes. No one notices a police call box that disappears. Not one of the students walking by. Whatever. This is postmodern Who, and I'm coming around to the fact that Doctor Who has become all show, no go for me. Take care. Have a fun and safe Halloween, everyone. Lisa. P.S. Anyone else getting the feeling that Clara may have created a good master in Listen? Having the companion choose the master over the doctor would be new and interesting. <laughs> Anyone else noticing how not Moffat stories or Doctor Who versions of stories in books? Into the Dalek, Robots, Robots of Sherwood, Kill the Moon, Mummy on the Iron Express. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Euros Lynn, director of Science in the Library and Force to the Dead. We wanted to suggest the library is a kind of heaven. He says this at 12 minutes, 38 minutes in, and he has a YouTube link. Which we will add to the show notes. I did want to go back because <clears throat> I, I pondered your analogy on the um, idea that the, there was an abortion allegory going on there. Um, I, I still don't know that I see it, although Lisa kind of points out that maybe she agrees that it's there but unwarranted. I go to the idea of it actually makes the episode – if that is the direction they're going and that is the allegory they're using. It makes the episode, it brings it down on my scale a little bit. I think I was kind of flaky about it last week anyway. But if that is the case, then I agree that the doctor running away from the women to deal with the issue 
is the absolute worst way to treat something like that because while I strongly believe in a woman's right to choose as far as abortion goes, I don't think that a man has a right to walk away and let it be entirely the woman's choice. And that's just my belief. Take it or leave it, whatever you, you want. You can be supportive. With <clears throat> you that. can be supportive. Yeah, yeah. I think you can also be, I don't want to say judgmental, but I think that you can also have an opinion on it and a say in the decision that's made. Now, ultimately, I think it is her choice. But I think that running away to allow a woman to deal with that choice is the absolute wrong thing to do, even as pro-choice as I am. Um, and don't get me wrong, I'm <laughs> I'm pro-choice, not pro-death, <laughs> because <clears throat> that's ultimately where pro-choicers get labeled is because we have the other side that's pro-life, and automatically people think, well, you're for yeah. killing babies. Well, that's not true because I think you should choose life over anything unless, you know. So ha- having the man step completely out of the scenario is the absolute wrong thing to do, and if that's where they're going with the allegory, then that would lessen my... Now, I don't know that I completely think that still, that that, that's the allegory, but by bringing that up, if that's the case, if that was a conscious decision or conscious choice in the story writing, then I bring it down a bit because I think that puts the doctor in that position of, well, you can't just run away and let a woman decide. You you get some say in it and you, you have the right to an opinion about that choice. So... And I, I wonder how much of that is, you know, as as we bill ourselves, you know, three Midwestern Doctor Who fans that are, you know, putting this podcast together. I wonder how much of that is the fact that we're based in America and this is still kind of a hot button topic. That um, it's more of an issue in America. That, that, than... that maybe that's why I would read into it, or that maybe more Americans are reading into it. That that's where the episode was going with that allegory. Maybe people in London and England didn't think about it at all. It was just like, eh, you know, it's a Doctor Who story. I don't know. I, I haven't gone back and really I done research on it. So I don't know, but I don't think it's fair to say that's an American... Well, no, but uh, not, not not that it's an American problem. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that... that it seems to be a bigger uh, hot-button issue in America, as far as I'm aware. Well, I think it, only, right word, I think it only is because we're here, though. I could be, it's yeah, probably I mean, as equally... I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Just, I'm only presuming that it's, a, it's an issue everywhere. I, I, well, the way it's handled, reported in our media here, I don't. I can't make a baseline judgment because I don't know if it is reported on. See, that's why I. Overseas. That's why I. That's why I would refrain from saying that it's. Yeah, no, but I just. I, I wonder if that. From our perspective, it is. But if we were in the UK, would it, we be bombarded by the issue as much as we are here? That's what I'm asking. <coughs> yeah, is, 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 it be, is, is it my perspective because I am bombarded with it here in the states that I thought there was an allegory here? Whereas maybe in England they're not bombarded with it and nobody thought it was an allegory there. I don't know. I'm just saying I wonder if that has something to do with it, that, you know, the perceptions of what maybe, the show. Maybe some of our U.K. listeners can put that maybe a little more in perspective yeah, for us. I, I'd, be, I'd be kind of curious to know. Um, I still don't know that I come down on the idea that it was an allegory um, because I think as much as it's it was a life-or-death situation, I think that that comes into many other topics and and it's been addressed in Doctor Who as well. I mean uh, genocide's been as 
addressed just as much so and, and this could be carried in that sense as well but we don't know that much about the species or if this is the only one is this a genocidal pro- topic as well I, I you know I, there's there's too little there's too little evidence there for me to strongly say that it was a abortion allegory at all it's hard to tell if it was purposeful until the writer of the script comes out and says, "Yes, right. we were. Tr- I was going for that or not," yeah. which I have not seen him take a stance one way or another. I don't know. It's it, either way. It's it's one of those things. That, um, Let me look. Either way, it's one of those things that I th- I think I, I still kind of keep going back to. The moon is an egg is a really absurd. Peter fun. Harness. Peter, what's his name? Harness. Harness. The, the moon is an egg is a really absurd, fun sci-fi concept, and I feel still torn that it's couched in this really heavy episode. I I, I would have rather had a fun romp with that concept than the heaviness. The heaviness. To the... Not, not not that again. Not that it was bad, but I'm still I'm still I'm still unsettled by yeah. it. I'm still I'm, I'm still on the fence. I haven't gone back. I'm and not really unsettled, it. but I'm I'm still on the fence of even watching it again. Um, also, I want to mention that, and it saddens me, Lisa, that you're not enjoying the series anymore. And I'm not going to sit here and defend the series to you as to why you should enjoy it. Because if you're not liking it, that's completely your yeah, opinion. And sure, I, I completely respect everything that you've said about it. I may not agree with everything, but I, I completely respect every word you had in feedback about this. And, and you've been expressing all along. Um, I'm saddened by that, but... Uh, you know that's that that certainly is your opinion, and and I, I respect that wholeheartedly. I'm I'm a little curious about the product placement and on-screen advertising. I don't think I understood that that well. But. Is um, Lisa, are you watching it on BBC America? And it's the pop-ups on the screen that American TV tends to do now. And if so, I wouldn't blame Doctor Who for that. I would blame BBC America. Well, I, goes, I haven't the, noticed a lot of product play i haven't noticed a lot of product placement in the show itself i would agree but i uh, also she goes into a lot of the extra stuff about it um surround sound system for dialogue is that because they heavily advertise surround sound systems yeah i, I maybe clarify that a little bit lisa because i'm not well, sure i mean, sure can hear the dialogue at the full effect of the show I mean, right. that's something we've all well, you to a lesser extent but keith and Me i never said that. <laughs> i've never had a problem with the dialogue hearing the dialogue in the show uh, yeah and even over even, over the Explosions and yeah. everything. The incidental music, especially the RTD or the incidental music, was just, for me, overwhelming. Um, her addressing, do I have to watch everything the lead actor was in to appreciate his portrayal of the doctor? I certainly think that I, I heavily attribute the fact that I'm a fan of a lot of Peter Capaldi stuff, and that's probably quite le- leading to the reason why I'm enjoying this doctor. Um, on the flip side, no, I don't think you do have to watch everything that a lead actor's been in to appreciate a betrayal in it. I mean, there's certainly actors that I've seen in, in other things that then when they did something else, I didn't agree with their portrayal. So. See, and, and the, the on-screen advertising takes me out of the program, makes me think of the pop-up Pop-ups. promoting other shows and stuff that most Maybe, but that's not really, nowadays. that wouldn't be considered product placement, though, I don't think. I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. Let us know, Lisa. I'm curious. Definitely. And as always... And I'm sorry you're not enjoying it. I, I hope it gets better for you. We're almost through the season, so who knows? Maybe season nine will have a different. I'm encouraged flavor. that she stuck with it just to, yeah, to find out. Yeah. 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 All right. Finally tonight, Chrissy, our latest Patreon subscriber. Yes, thank you, Chrissy. Thank, thank you, Chrissy. Chrissy. 
And you're added to the list of the special gifts. She writes, Are you my mummy? Dear Vortex Boys, Oh, Sean, you knew what a Michael Bay Transformers movie would be before you started watching Age of Extension, and yet you watched it anyway. I have zero pity for you. I have zero pity for me, too. Ruthless. <laughs> I was going to talk a little bit about the fandom reactions to Kill the Moon, but since I'm sick of all the fighting and negativity and cynicism, and some of that does tie into my review this week, I'm just going to get into my thoughts for this week. So, here we go. Mummy on the Orient Express. Have you ever been in a horrible fight with someone or just in a terrible situation that felt like it would never end and then all of a sudden it does? Like you're completely wiped out from being angry and stressed out that you finally for- you're finally forced to relax and everything calms down and you start to feel better. That's what watching this episode was like. This whole week in Doctor Who fandom was like being in a fight with the show and each other. Kill the Moon was just so contentious and left many fans cold and confused and hurt, or maybe that was just me. But Mummy on the Orient Express helped restore a lot of the, restore a lot of feeling, good feelings, not by ignoring the bad things that happened, but not dwelling on them either. It was a perfect story to follow up Kill the Moon and still have an enjoyable adventure. I love that Clara and the Doctor are still sifting through their feelings after they're falling out, but they're mature enough not to leave. <clears throat> to not leave on such a sour note. I'm glad that they have done... Wait. I'm glad that they do have one last hurrah. Gives them a chance to mend fences before parting ways. Even spending some time apart while on the Orient Express, in space, seems to help. <laughs> Clara and Maisie's conversation was something both of them needed. Both girls needed to talk about their different situations with someone who wasn't involved. Clara needed a neutral third party to bounce her thoughts about her and the doctor off of. Maisie needed to come to terms with her grandmother's death and whether she may have caused it. Even the doctor uses unsolving the mystery. Unsolving. Even the doctor <laughs> uses solving the mystery of the mummy to put his own fears and issues into perspective. He begins to see how much he can be a better how much he can be a better friend to Clara. He notices when she's upset about having to lie to Maisie, and he, luckily, finds a way around it using her as bait and transferring her fears to himself. With that added bonus of being able to see the mummy, and he can figure out what the deal, what the deal is with it. Beyond that, there was just so much love about this episode. There are some fantastic lines from a lot of different characters. I think my favorite was Maisie saying that it wouldn't be so much it would be so much simpler to like the people you're supposed to like, but then you would never have any fairy tales. The writing overall was on point and wonderful. Can we keep Jamie Matheson on for a full time Doctor Who writer? He's quite excellent. <coughs> Capaldi and Coleman were diff- <coughs> definitely on their game, but so were the supporting cast as well. Daisy Beaumont, who wrote who played Maisie wasn't her name's Daisy and she played Maisie Daisy Beaumont who played Maisie was fantastic then there was the whole thing with the jelly babies and the doctor's calling card thing and how about his costume callback to the first doctor that was pretty good the whole thing was just fun and interesting there could not have been a clearer difference between last week's and this week's episode I guess we do need the heavy stuff so we can appreciate the love and love the lighter moments in Doctor Who that's not to say that there aren't going to be problems later on. Clara, what are you doing lying to Danny? But, for now, we can take a breath and relax. Things are better than they were before. We can still be friends and try to put the one terrible experience behind us. 
And if that works for everyone else, I'll be more happy. I'll be more than happy to never speak of Kill the, Kill the Moon again. <laughs> Other than to say, bad things happened. We worked through it. We moved on. You should too. Speaking of moving on, I've got a lot of stuff to do the rest of the day, so I'll close up here and talk to you soon, Chrissy. Thank you, Chrissy. Thank you, Chrissy. Thank you, all our feedbackers. And if you have feedback about Doctor Who or the show in general, remember that you can write to us at feedback at travelingtheprotects.com. You can also find it on our website. Shall we move on to our review? Shall we? Mummy on the Orient Express. Aboard the most... You know what it, you notice what it isn't? It's not mummies on the Orient Express. You know why? Because <laughs> there's only one. Because there was only one. Unlike robots of Sherwood. <laughs> Just want to point that out, writers. Go ahead. <laughs> Aboard the most beautiful train in history, speeding among the stars of the future. A legend is stalking the passengers. Once you see the mummy, you have 66 seconds to live. Clara sees the doctor as deadliest and most ruthless, and finally realizes she made the right decision. Because this is their last adventure, it's time to say goodbye to the Time Lord. Dun, dun, dun! I like this Good level. One. I like this one, too. I do, too. Well, that's going to do it for this week. <laughs> this is one that, since... I want to say Into the Dalek... I've watched twice. All the other ones I've only watched once. This one I've watched twice since Into the Dalek. I think it was the last one I watched more than once. That's how much I enjoyed it. Is that your review? That's my review. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll tear it apart. Um, in a good way. I, there's. I loved this. It was really, really, really good. Uh, you, we've got... The Orient Express in space. Okay, sure. Why not? That was my only problem with it. But I know that was your only problem. It's such a Doctor Who thing to do. But then I just ignored it once the episode got really good. So it, the 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 tone I thought was very Fourth Doctor reminiscent, not just with the Jelly Babies, but with that whole we're in a remote location, we're doing Ten Little Indians. There's something stalking people. There's the horror element to it. It it, it kind of felt like Horror Fang Rock See, in a I, way. I, I think a part of why I enjoyed this one so much is. While the other episodes have been ex- fascinating and really great stories, it felt kind of like they were doing something different with the show, which is okay. This felt almost like a return to almost status quo of this is kind of what I expect from Doctor Who. Yeah, exactly. And there's nothing wrong with that because mm-hmm. we're exploring other stuff and sometimes you got to come back and cleanse the palate of what is standard issue Doctor Who. And there's if, when it's good standard issue, it's really good stuff. And this is really good stuff. Cleansing the palate really is kind of a good way of looking at this. Not just from the Kill the Moon standpoint, but from the fact that it, it, it is kind of a return to, well, the, this is what you're used to, here it is. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah, cool. Because even like Robot of Sherwood, Robots of Sherwood, was a, was a fun romp. 12 was still kind of the aloofness of, this was more of the men meld of, what we've been doing and what we've done in the past. Yeah. He felt more, more encompassing of the other doctors in this and attitude and behavior-wise while still remain keeping his uh, characteristic traits that we've been seeing throughout the season. Yeah, I agree. I, this goes a long way. I'm going to tackle Kill the Moon. This one goes a long way toward fixing a lot of the problems that I felt 
during Kill the Moon. And seeing the fallout of the fight and the fact that they're a little rocky still and kind of having this one last thing. And that she's calling Danny going, what do you think? And I, I still, I love the fact that Danny's being the, I don't I don't think you're ready to give it up yet. I just, you know, I, th- I think you're enjoying it. Appears to be okay with it. Yeah, have a good time and this kind of stuff. And, you know, he's okay with it. Or at least appears to be. I like that. I like the fact that he's not being the, you need to leave him at the first available opportunity, you need to come home, you need to, I, I don't want that, because, it, you know, I don't want him to be the clingy Mickey, you know? Yeah. I, I, I like the fact that he's comfortable enough with it to go, he's doing, he is doing the correct thing that the Doctor didn't do in Kill the Moon, which is being there, being supportive, but still allowing her to make the decision. At least in my mind, that that I that I, that I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, it didn't fix all of it. I mean, mm-hmm. there's still a lot of eh, we're still resolving the issues. Yeah, the, 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 the deep emotional issues that happened in Kill the Moon. Yeah, and I, it's not and the, the the things in Kill the Moon was such deep and emotional and so impactful that it's not going to be one episode to fix it. It's yeah. going to take time. Well, and not just the, the, the fight, but the, the, the things that the Doctor did and said. Like you said, this was kind of a, a better meld of, of these different aspects of the personality that we've kind of been seeing. And I have a, a friend who still thinks it's kind of a the, the regeneration reset, you know, that he's still kind of working out who he is with the question of am I a good man and, and this kind of stuff. And I, I guess, you know, maybe he's still lost in that fog a little bit, but I, I kind of think, I don't think you can do a whole season of that and, and still expect fans to kind of be on board with Buy it. Buy into it, you, yeah. get the, you, you get your regeneration episode, then you move on. But maybe maybe not. We're, we're doing something completely different. So, um Story, they, they need to give us some explanation. Yeah, if that's the case, I loved I loved the story. I loved the mummy. I loved the the, the whole the, the the way it was shot with the sixty six second clock showing up right at the bat. I thought was was a really cool way of doing that. Um, I was a little surprised the sarcophagus didn't have the mummy in it <laughs> when, it, when it creaked open i, I was i was terrified I was well, like, it was a cat it was a capture device is what it was yeah well and i just until they revealed the bubble wrap like, oh oh i thought it was cool that it opened and it didn't have it in there yeah because yeah. i thought oh that was way too yeah it was, it was it was a good fl- it was a good flip of that um I liked the fact that we got a room full of scientists who were surprisingly quiet because we didn't want to pay them for talking extras. <laughs> it was interesting. It was yeah. kind of You've got the best brains in one room. Everybody's going to be talking. Yeah. Uh, was, and, and so not American TV. So not Star Trek or Stargate or something else where you bring a room full of people together that you've been arguing and yelling at each other. And, <laughs> you know, we'd have cast Neil deGrasse Tyson in it. And just, you know, instead, you've just got... There's that we even guy. had the one guy that looked like Einstein. The one guy that looked that? like Einstein yeah. who just kind of looked sad and went and grabbed his lab coat. You know, it's just it's like, okay. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought all of it was really, really good. And it was very enjoyable. And I loved, again, all the callbacks. We, we talked about the Jelly Baby. It was the best scene ever. The coat, the the way he, he handled himself, and just, just all of it was really cool. I was also very impressed with the sets. I thought it was really, really good. I mean, I've never been on the Orient Express. I've never seen the train, but it just—it looked like what my brain would go. Yeah, that's the, that's the Orient Express. Why not? You know. Um, You've seen yeah. the movie, haven't you? I've never seen the movie. Sean Connery and oh, yeah. Does it look right? I. Uh, it was their vision essentially. I mean, there's quite there was a lot more differences in the fact that this 
seemed to be less of a more of a party train than than, than actual passenger train. But well, although like, they did have the one scene in the cars where they were seated, yeah. But most of the movie is those type of cars, and there's very little in the as far as the club car or the dining car or anything like yeah. that. Box cars, like that. Yeah. Well, well, this is box, also box cars a recreation too. and the gimmick. Yeah, it very much like Titanic. I mean. And I like the fact that the Doctor gave just enough of the Doctor Who sciencey stuff to... It's the Orient Express, in space. And the tracks are actually this, and there's laser guided blah, blah, blah. And like, but it's a faithful recreation, mostly. I, I like that they gave me just enough to not be wondering where where is it clacking along on the... What is it rolling on? It's you want to know most... It's, it's no- got laser... Okay, sure. most noticeable to me is the fact that the they try to make it as authentic as they could... But it didn't ride like a train. It was smooth. It was, it was, yeah. There was no movement There was no movement. movement on the train. Yeah. I was okay with that, too. Um, <laughs> so I, I liked all of that. And I, I love the, the the way that he comes to the restaurant. I love the fact that this doctor talks and answers himself. All the doctors have talked to themselves. He almost doesn't need a companion because he is his own companion because <laughs> he's answering his own questions. Well, and there's this old saying that, you know... A sign of true genius is when you talk to yourself. It's a sign of true madness when you answer yourself. <laughs> I love the fact that they go there with him and that he's. It's. It, it wasn't just the one-time gimmick. And when he, you know, started going into it and he's pacing back and forth in his room and he's, you know, well because of this and he goes, okay, and then, and then it's like, all right, the decision's made. And off the door goes, like, yes, this is this is it. This is what I really get excited and energized about Capaldi's Doctor. I really like those elements of it. Um, I'm in the bit later with Perkins. I can't decide if you're a genius or just incredibly arrogant. And that completely sums up 12 so far. Yep. <laughs> a God, little bit of both. That was one of the best lines in the in the episode, because I think that spoke volumes oh, yeah. about this doctor. What was it that he said to Perkins? When, 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 he, when he puts forth the idea and he goes, you're brilliant, you figured it out. Oh, wait, maybe not. I forget I said that. And it kind of started backtracking a little oh, bit. Sorry I jumped the gun on the brilliant genius yeah. thing. That's an example of how to make the doctor rude without taking it to that standoffish point. You know what I mean? Without him saying you're an idiot. Yeah, without just flat out being mean about it. That was backhanded the way compliments. <laughs> but that I'm okay with. Yeah. Or him getting excited and realizing and co- and complimenting somebody, then realizing, well, it's not entirely accurate, so we got to, you know. Say so, yeah. but still, the points I, for the idea, yeah, exactly. <laughs> points for effort. That's, good. That, 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 that's the good, that's a good way of doing it. This I, I really enjoyed all those elements of it, and um, the ending on the beach was very beautiful and moving and poignant, and you know the. He fixed it, and yes, we made it. And then he even cracks a little joke. No, I let them all die while you slip. You know, it's like. I'm not heartless. <laughs> until but, until we saw Perkins, I had thought of, oh, this is going to be another uh, deep breath moment. Well, where I, don't know I, if I, actually, I don't know if you actually actually I liked that idea of the fact that we only saw Clara and the Doctor on the beach or the rocks, and he said, you know, I dropped everybody off at the nearest city, and we see this big giant city in the background, and he says all that, and I thought, well, that's a change for you. And then he makes a comment, no, really, I just, you know, or I just using this as a cover story. And and then I went, aha, there's that. Okay, you're going to leave us with 
we decide. We yeah. just, and it wasn't until Perkins was on the that I went. Well, you're not going there that this week, and so I, I was actually a little bit let down by that because I like the ambiguity of wondering why you know I think what really happened. I think if, if it's one person and the quote unquote bad guy, I like the ambiguity. If it's a train full of innocent people, essentially, I like I, I want to know if he actually saved well, them or I, I suppose, but I, I think that. I'm always in, in going. Theory, I'm always going. Situation, I'm always with Doctor Who. I'm always going to fall on the side of, well, yeah, you really did rescue those people because that's who you are, and I, I just felt I felt a little cheated because they'd been kind of going that route in this series, and then showing Perkins and kind of qualifying that he did rescue everybody, but then they did the whole scene with Perkins, and I kept thinking, this is another. Um, Companion audition is what this is, yeah. and when he turns him down, I thought that was kind of cool um, because I sat there and thought, "Yeah, I'd love you to be a companion," was- just as I did week last week. Going, I'd love to have uh, Courtney on the TARDIS <laughs> as a companion. You know what? Yeah. I would, I would I really would have liked to have seen is for Perkins to be the guy. Okay, and he's going to sign up, but he doesn't actually go on any of the adventures. He never goes out the door of the TARDIS. No, he's we, always in, in, in the, the TARDIS. TARDIS. Yeah, and I we agree. see him once every seven episodes. I love that. I would love that. <laughs> that would be really good. Cool. the same he thing. He wanders past a corridor and he's covered in grease and he stops and looks at him and then keeps going. That's all I would have needed for that to have worked and it would have been awesome. Or they have a conversation about something that he has to do or change or you yeah. know whatever, but that's it. Yeah, he becomes his repairman on the TARDIS. That, that, that would have been so cool. You know, and then every once in a while, you could have an adventure with him. He's there yeah. for that, you yeah. know, that, uh, that that purpose. I'm scruffy. I'm the janitor. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I wanted out of Perkins. Yeah, but Perkins is a smart guy, and he was smart. Um, it it, it kind of did surprise me because it felt like they were leading to a he's going to join the t- TARDIS since Clara's leaving. And well, it, I think the doctor was definitely leading that way. Well, yeah, and it's 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 this doctor is so fascinating in the fact of. He's constantly, practically auditioning people, and either he says no to Journey, or now Courtney's <laughs> not going to go on another trip with him. Journey and this Courtney, guy Perkins. How many people Cy, are saying Sabra. no to him? <laughs> and I don't want to travel with you. Yeah. Is so yeah. interesting. It's such a it. unique approach there, there, that they've done. I, I, I really season, like it. This whole season, we've done that. We've had companion auditions, and I love that. I love the fact that they're doing that. I don't see anyone and, and I, I, coming back. I like back the and, ones saying no more yeah, than anything yeah. else than the doctor saying no to them. Um, I agree with you guys. Everything you've said that you've liked about this, I agree. The one thing that kind of I'm struggling with a little bit, though, is this idea of everybody getting excited with the fact that, oh, we've gone back to the status quo. This really feels like Doctor Who again. This is where we need to be. I'm not saying it's where we need to be. I'm saying it's a nice return. I'm not just saying uh, you. I'm saying the okay. community in general because there's been a lot of chatter this week of people going, hey, this feels like Doctor Who. Hey, this is the Doctor. This, okay, I understand that because we're used to one thing, and, I, and, and I'm the same way. I really felt like this was back to the status quo. But in the back of my mind, part of me wants to kind of explore – a little more of what we got in Kill the Moon. And I'm one of these people that I'm still, I'm fine with Kill the Moon. I actually enjoyed the story. I said that last week. There were elements of it that just kind of baffled me, but <laughs> I, I thoroughly enjoyed the story. And I, I see, as Chrissy did this week, all of the, just everybody spewing all of this hatred for that episode and everything that I don't happened think the in it. I hatred is warranted. And I agree. I don't think it's warranted. I think that 
I think that this whole series, more than any other series, is culminating in some sort of divergence from the status quo that we've been getting with Doctor Who, even when it's, you know, since it's returned. Now, I love classic Doctor Who, and I love what we've done in the new series, and I and I feel comfortable, but I almost am at the point where I don't want to be comfortable. I'm 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 kind of the anti Lisa here, where I'm <laughs> I'm I'm enjoying the ride, and I'm 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 glad that they're they're kind of thinking outside of the norm and doing something a little bit different this season. And I agree, there there are still things that weren't quote unquote fixed with this story. But this story, quote unquote, fixed a lot of things, and I don't think that it needed to do that yet. I think that I don't think we could go the rest of the the history of Doctor Who or the future of Doctor Who going down this road that we've done. But I'm sort of just on the fence of I, I like being comfortable with the fact that this feels like Doctor Who, but I also on the other side want them to continue to challenge us and continue to challenge the series and be different. And this one was almost too much of a safety net. See, That's I, my only complaint because I think the writing was solid. I thought the acting was solid. I thought the story was solid. I thought the direction was solid. Uh, the performances by everybody was wonderful. I love the callback to the Jelly Babies. That was just that was one of the greatest moments when it when that happened. See, I think I think what this episode slightly is intended to do is to placate the fans that maybe aren't liking the, the, the change in direction and the change of tone after such a heavy episode of Kill the Moon let's return to quote unquote status quo to remind everyone this is still the same guy you know and love there's just a few different traits about him. You think they're still being meta with it? I, I it's, It almost feels a little bit like the old comments in Deep Breath getting fans comfortable with the idea of the darker doctor so going back and reminding people this is still the same guy he just has a different face and a different personality i think that's what this episode does more than anything else i don't think we're going to stick with what we did in this episode we're going to go back especially looking at the trailer for next week it looks like we're going back to what we've been doing and it's kind of a breather of for the fans that aren't like you glenn that aren't enjoying the darkness or the heaviness of the season and the challenge this season is presenting to keep them reassured that this is still the show you've been watching. We're right. just trying something That's new. That's well said, Keith. I, I think you're right. I think for me... That's what I mean by returning to status yeah, quo. I, I, I agree with you there. I, status quo has such a bad stigma to it. And in this instance, it's not a bad thing, I don't think. Yeah. Well, it's not It's not that you're doing something that's been done repeatedly. It's not that you're, oh, you're status quo. Because you're right, it has that, 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 that stigma. But it's, it's not, it's just... This to me is. You remember how upset I was when we got to Curse of the Black Spot, because we had this huge hook at the end of of, of Day of the Moon, and who was this little girl regenerating in the alleyway? And then we just went off and you know, it, it was, you know, well, we should go find out who she is and help her, or we could have an adventure. And off they went and did yeah, something completely yeah. different. This is the way to handle that. This, this is the best of both worlds. Because you went off and had an adventure while still dealing with the ramifications of what happened before. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't Yeah, I sudden, think that was handled really well. I would agree yeah, with you. Yeah, that's what yeah. I liked about it. Was it, it wasn't just dropping it off into the, oh, it's Monster of the Week time. It was done right, and, yeah. and getting away from the mythology. It was a really great mesh of the two. And I think that's why I liked it as well yeah, as it did. Yeah. Because, because it did handle that properly. 
So I liked that much of it know, as well. I, 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 I agree with Keith. I don't think we're done with the, 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 the cranky, cantankerous alien that we've been getting. It will never be done with that. And, 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 I, and, I, and like I said, even, even last week, as much as it made me uncomfortable, I'm still excited by that. I don't want to be done with it. I want there to still be mystery surrounding this guy, and the return to that is is very welcome. But sometimes I wish that you could meld the two a little bit better, and I, I agree with you. I think we're building up to something there, and that we will get to it. We just haven't I know what it is. I have a theory. I'm, I'm going to envelope you. I need to do that. Remind me to do that. You're tonight. running out of time. Oh, you are running out of time. I keep watching these going, oh, God, they're going to drop the... Nope, they're not. Okay. <laughs> they're going to drop that shoot. Nope, they're not. Okay. Let me, let me, I'm going to bounce this off you guys and see what you think. I could be way off base. I don't th- I don't think this is anything. Well, I don't want you to say anything because then if you're online the same lines I am, oh, really? then it sounds like I'm going, yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead. You can, you can talk. Do you want me to do it off mic? I don't know. Should we just do it on mic and warn the fans that there's a good chance? I, I don't susp- I, I, I don't think this is spoilery. This is just the... the fan theory. This is a fan theory. This is a feel for what I, I kind of... This is how I'm retconning it in my head. Does that make sense? Or do you think it's still too spoilerish? I don't know. <laughs> Without knowing what you're going to say, I don't know. Considering our history, I don't know. <laughs> should, should we take an executive session... Go in the back room and discuss it, and then come back out. Sure. Let's pause the tape right now. All right, we'll pausing the tape. This is a first for Traveling the Vortex. All right, let's see where we're at. Okay, we'll be back shortly. Okay, we've come out of executive session. Uh, we made no decisions behind closed doors, and so uh, we will take a vote now. <laughs> Transparency in all things. Uh, we did discuss off mic uh, something to make sure it wasn't spoilery, and we think one might be, and one is more of an expl- exploration of character. So I think we're going to let Sean um, go with his exposition here. It's an exposition now. Pressure's on. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's a thesis. It's a <laughs> <laughs> My thesis on the Doctor by Sean. <laughs> um, I noticed it specifically. After Mel and I finished watching um, this episode, um, Mummy on the Air Express, and it really, because uh, as I mentioned before, it's such kind of a companion piece to uh, to Kill the Moon. I almost feel like, in in the way that Good Man Goes to War and Let's Kill Hitler are two parts of the same story that you can't really just do the one. You've got to do them both. I, I almost kind of feel like we're going to be saddled with these two. I could see that that, that they're yeah. they're so connected. And what, what brought it up was the moment in Kill the Moon when the astronaut turns on the doctor and threatens him with a gun, and he says, oh, go ahead and shoot me. Just go ahead and, and shoot me. I'll just come back. I might keep coming back. I don't know. And it triggered something in the back of my head that didn't really solidify until this week. Um, that for me, I th- and, and this is this is just me retconning what, I can, what we've kind of been complaining about, really, is with, with the Doctor. I think we, we've had a thread of death and immortality kind of running throughout this whole season. And it, it started in deep breath with the half-faced man who was kind of continually trying to go for forever. We had, um, you know, Robots of Sherwood with uh, the idea of legends being immortal. And we had the idea of, um, what was the uh, uh, time heist? They had the, the nearly immortal um, tellers. And then 
What was the one this week? I forgot it. The, the mummy soldier? The mummy soldier. The fact that this soldier had been kept alive through these other means and was continuing to come back and, you know, fight this war. And for me, the Doctor has always been that, you know, he, he comments, you know, I walk in eternity. He's always known that he's, for all intents and purposes, immortal compared to the people that he hangs with. But I think he always knew he had an end point. He always had an expiration date that was looming somewhere out there in the distance. That at one point in time, he was going to die. That there wasn't going to be coming back. There wasn't going to be another regeneration. That he, you know, he was going to use up his lives and that was going to be it. And Trenzalore brought that home for him. He got to live to be an old man on Trenzalore. He, he, he was going to die of old age. He, there was no regeneration. There was, this was the end of the road. And I think he'd made his peace with that. And he goes up to the roof, and he has his moment, and then all of a sudden, Gallifrey comes out and pours all this regenerative energy into him. And we all go, yay, the doctor's back! And I'm not sure he knew what to do with it. I'm still not sure he knows what to do with it. We don't know if this is a one-off regeneration, that they just gave him an extra life. We don't, we're assuming that you know, the, the most current run theory is that he got another set of regenerations, which would kind of make sense with what has been done in the past with the Master and whatnot. But what if it's permanent? What if he is, for all intents and purposes, immortal and will never stop regenerating? Now, as fans, that's a really cool idea because it means the show can go forever. As a character, the Doctor has to be wondering about that because he's commented that this doesn't feel like, you know, the what it was before. This is different. Maybe he's beginning to question whether or not he isn't immortal. For real. And uh, the, the comment to the astronaut, you know, yeah, I'll just keep coming back, who knows, I, I think is the first real glimpse we've gotten into that. Well, specifically, he says, shoot me. Yeah, go yeah. ahead and shoot me, shoot me. I'm, I'm, I'll just I'm, keep I'm coming just, back. I'll just keep who coming back. Is? And so maybe he's dealing with that so poorly and pushing Clara away because he doesn't he, he doesn't want to outlive her, even though he, he knows he will, I mean, realistically. But coming on the heels of Amy and Rory and, and you know, all these companions that he's lost in the past and now knowing that he may be well immortal for real that he's pushing her away because it's, it's going to hurt him too much to, to get to that moment. And I wonder if that's not kind of where he's going at while still auditioning these new people because he's addicted and can't give yeah, it up. As, as, was mentioned as, as, as was mentioned this week. Uh, to a lesser degree, it also kind of answers the question as to why he would subconsciously choose an older face. Yeah. Because if you have some sort of um, doubt about your limitations now, the, of your mortality, um, why not choose an older face in order to maybe kind of compensate for that idea? If you choose an older face, uh, mentally, that also projects that you you maybe have projected further down your lifespan. And by doing that subconsciously, it's almost a... I sort of know that I might be immortal, but if I push this appearance further down and making an older appearance that maybe that's less of a blow for the fact that, yeah, you might be immortal. You, there may not be an end point, but this is a reminder of, well, I am older. You know, I, it's, it's kind of a subconscious nod to that idea of, I don't want to be immortal. Yeah. So 
it, it kind of personifies in the appearance. Yeah, that, yeah, I hadn't thought of that plan, but and like I said, I you know I hope that wasn't spoilers for anybody. We hope you know if, if they come out in the last episode and say, yeah, I'm doing all this on purpose because I don't want to lose you, I'll feel pretty bad. <laughs> but it just it was just something that really struck me. And I started putting those pieces together, going, "This is this, this is this is." Like, yeah, there's been there's been a lot of this death and regeneration, and it, it's definitely a theme. Life this and paradise, and you know. Speaking of allegory, <laughs> so I, I wonder if that may be not part of it. And you know, I I don't know if we'll ever find out for sure. Yeah, I, it's I don't something know that, that I may want not Stephen Moffat to say. Yes, specifically. I mean, if it comes up in the finale, and you know, there's one more message from Gallifrey saying. We pulled all of our regenerations together and gave them to you, and we're done. Go have fun. It's kind of like, I don't want that. <laughs> I, I don't want to know that. It's one of those things I think should be left ambiguous as to whether or not it's another set or another just, you know, whatever. Because Moffat At least is, until we get to the end of what we well, think would be a set. Yeah. And, and Moffat's very... 27 unlike, doctors down the line will know. Oh, unlike okay. a lot of uh, writers, and, and especially Russell T. Davis as far as the showrunners go, Moffat has been really anti-having loose ends. Now, yeah. it may take us a while to pay for, for to get a payoff, but Moffat has really kind of been that showrunner that has answered questions as we've gone along. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people feel like we haven't been getting the, the answer. We get more questions than we do answers, but we eventually get those answers. Yeah. He's and so, yeah, he, he ends up, you know, he's kind of lets them percolate a little bit there. But interestingly enough, based on the history of Moffat as a showrunner, we probably will get those answers in some, some way or fashion. Yeah. And probably sooner than later in this this situation. Yeah, it just, it, it really, for me, kind of helped drive home the wait till the end. <laughs> you just, right. you, you've got to get to the end of the season to kind of find out what's going on. And I, I, I or firmly. Or even the believe, end of Moffat's run. Yeah, well, I firmly believe that we will get to that point and then want to come back and rewatch Series 8 with the foreknowledge of what's going to happen. Yeah. I think it will shed a lot of light on these things that are just, for me, bugging me absolutely nuts right now. <laughs> but that's kind of how I've softened the blow of Kill the Moon, is that the, the Doctor, to this day, is still that scared little boy in his bed <laughs> who is dealing with, you know, right, right. All, all this stuff. And, and so he, he's just acting out petulantly, even though he doesn't necessarily see that right now. Another Another... <laughs> Another allegory to the the eternal idea is the fact that we went clear to the end of the universe, and the Doctor makes a comment that he had hoped he always thought it'd be him. Yeah, yeah. 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 so that's another it. one that lends oh. to your support in your thesis. <laughs> when I kind of also oh, Danny Pink would have been another audition. I forgot about that one. Yeah, the uh, it's not as obvious, but. The, the way he was presented with the regenerations almost brings to mind Rose reviving Captain Jack a little bit with her kind of giving him some of the heart of the TARDIS and then him becoming immortal. Oh, yeah, setting him as a fixed point in time. Yeah. It's change, the, the, way, the way he absorbed, he, he takes in the new regenerations and the magic dust. <laughs> Sometimes science looks like magic. <laughs> it's... It, that's, until you mentioned it, 
I never thought of that. I didn't either. But now say. I totally see the correlation, which helps lend to the idea. I think. Wow, is the doctor now a fixed point in time? Mm-hmm. That's even possible. Is that even possible? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. But I, I don't think he would not regenerate. I just think instead of because of his physiology, he would regenerate whenever he was mortally wounded. Yeah. Whereas Jack's just... physiology doesn't include that, so he just comes back as he was. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Interesting. Just, just, just my two cents of, of deep thoughts this week. <laughs> deep thoughts. Sean Collins. <laughs> if you're ever on a tall building and fall <laughs> off, you should go limp. Because from the ground, you'd probably look like a dummy. And people might try to catch you. Because, hey, free dummy. <laughs> <laughs> this has been another deep thought with Sean Cole. All right. Uh, what else should we say about... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we got way off on that. Um, where were we? I'll tell you. <laughs> the one thing that bothered me most about this, oh, and I almost hate to bring it up, <laughs> because I always feel like everybody's going, oh, my God, there he goes again. Is it the science? No. It's just that the, no the anthropomorphized alien. As I said earlier, the episode was done so well that I was able to just kind of set it aside and accept it. But why do we have to have a train in space? Why do we have to have an ocean liner in space? I mean... <laughs> it's the it, gimmick. I, I know, but come on. Why is there an Eiffel Tower in Las Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> so that I can see the Eiffel Tower without going over to Europe. It's what we do. <laughs> we can't go back in time to let you ride the Orient Express. Because you might step on a butterfly. But I don't. You I don't know that. In I don't know that I have a better idea. So it's not. On what I mean, better because of the, of the way that it was mummy on the Orient well, Express. Well, yeah. if they had done it as I, I saw somebody comment on Facebook that they kind of wished it had just been a legit period piece. And if it had been the actual Orient Express, would you have really had to change the story much? Aside from all the scientists that didn't do anything. Well, the scientists were. <laughs> Doing something, they but just didn't they, do anything. They just didn't contribute to anything, <laughs> right? Yeah. The the only the only difference I could think of if you did it as an actual period piece is you could fix that with one line of dialogue about they've teleported a lab back in time. None of this should be here. We're yeah. time locked in the box or something right, to that effect, right. just to give me that. Oh, okay, yeah, sure, why not? Or even reveal that you know. The, the, the scientists were brought from different time periods to this. All right. thinking actually some, made that Einstein. Some an excursion. You know, <laughs> oh, look, I've got tickets for an excursion. I actually get to ride the Orient Express. I thought it'd be cool. You know, and then, it, you know, I don't know, something yeah, to that effect. Yeah. I think you could still get away with it. And I kind of thought, yeah, it would have been, it would have been really kind of a well, cool period piece. Train in space. But you wouldn't have had a train in space. And, you know, the five-year-old in me really liked the train <laughs> <world. laughs> in space. Once they went, it's on laser rails. I was like, okay. Yeah, yeah. The moon yeah, is an egg. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm sorry, my simpleton brain. <laughs> I'm making, okay, that's cool. I'm making a bigger deal out of it than it probably is, but I just, I don't know. Sigh. It wasn't a space buffalo. No, it wasn't a space buffalo. Um, I did also find the exploration of soldier in this story very different and kind of a nice change of pace. And how the doctor responded to the soldier 
I thought both was, of them because the captain, while yeah. initially getting the uh, "you retired, you blah blah blah," at which that was a little telegraphed, and I felt smart for being ahead of the curve when they made <laughs> the originals. With it. oh, he's got shrapnel or something. This guy's next, and yeah. I was like, oh, "No, I'm fine. I just it was post traumatic stress." And I was like, "Oh, really? That's what you're going to go with?" Well, when they okay. decided that it was psychological <laughs> scarring, is yeah. what yeah, was that made attracting. Um, but um, the the fact that the doctor didn't. Go on and on and on and on and on, verbally berating this soldier. Yeah. Well, and, and I then, lo- he, then pitying the mummy soldier. Yeah. Yeah. I and, love and the so idea too that when he pulls the gun out and he's like, "We've already established that won't work," and he says, uh, "The captain says something to the effect what of, kind of soldier would what die kind of a soldier would yeah, without, without, gun. without without trying essentially was the catalyst of it all." Yeah. I, I I have nothing but good things to say about this besides those two little issues that I have. Um, it was exceptionally well written. Yeah, it I was. I want to that. He needs better. Um, what's the other thing? Oh, I think that we have since we didn't answer the question of who Gus was, the computer. I think that that I think that Moriarty Gus will was come. Creepy. I think Moriarty <laughs> will come back later. Um, in this. <laughs> it really felt like. I mean, we've, we 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 always equate the master to uh, the doc being the doctor's Moriarty. I'm not going down that road. I don't think the master has anything to do with it. But in the way that this was hung, it really felt very Sherlockian in the fact that this this is our Moriarty character, and that he will resurface, or it, or whatever. Will resurface mystery, later. mystery monster of, yeah, the, of the season. Exactly, exactly. See, and I, and thought, I wonder I if it ties into until... Missy in some way as well. I, I thought that, oh, this, whatever it is, is going to come back or we're going to explore it. Up until the point where the mummy kind of, they dispatched up the mummy. Mummy, I, then my brain went to, well, why do we need to? This, per, this, whatever it was, wanted to know what the mummy was and possibly stop it. Who knows, it could have, the mummy could have taken somebody close to it. And that's why it started on this quest to figure out what it, this mythology is and what this legend is and... Just how to stop it, and I don't. Feel I think like it I would have. I think I would have thought that had the the had Gus not doomed everyone to their death after it was solved. I think yeah, I would have thought okay. the same thing. Not but not but they let, tried to lure me here before. Yes, yes. That all of a sudden gives it. Now there's a pre-existing determination here. We got to have. Yep. You know, but there's more to this. Now maybe it's I just don't so much think it's the master. No, I don't it's not his mo. If it is the master, it's an ingenious way of making me not think it's the master. <laughs> but I know most of fandom, I think, seems to have already jumped on the idea of, oh, maybe. And it's like, eh, I don't yeah. see it. The master would have teamed up with the mummy, thinking he was an unstoppable killing machine. But then he would have realized, um, no, I kind of enjoy killing. I'm not going to have you do my dirty work for me. <laughs> or he'd have decided that he couldn't utilize the mummy and, and got himself into another he dilemma where he, he couldn't the doctor to get him out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Which didn't happen. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's just, it's not the master's MO. So I don't think that's it. But I also The devices see... are very master like. Yeah. The entire premise is not. Is not. Yes. But I also don't see how the only other holdover villain, if you will, not that we necessarily know <clears throat> from this season is Missy. And I don't see this as... It doesn't make sense for it her doesn't to make be a part of it. Yeah. So I, I I don't know. I'm intrigued by finding out... Maybe I, just don't, maybe I just don't have my hopes up that we're going to re-explore it more than anything else. So we have one more one-parter 
we presume, and then a two-parter, and then we're mm-hmm. done because there's only 12 episodes this season, which we were talking about, by the way. That's two more one-parters. We were two more a, two, a two-parter. Okay, so we're on nine, eight. ten, so nine Yeah, line, there's 12. Ten is in the forest of the night. Right, okay. And then the two-part finale. Um, because we were talking about budgeting last time and about how we were expecting a Dr. Light, and maybe they've just done it better now. Well, the reason why we probably won't get a Dr. Clara Light is the fact that there's only 12 episodes this season. And the 13th episode is the uh, Christmas special, whereas in the past we've gotten 13 episodes plus awesome. the Christmas okay, special. Okay, that's what I was trying to get at. Yeah, so we, we, we have budgeted wrong. for 13 episodes this time, including the Christmas special. So there's no need to double shoot anything. They shorted us an episode. <laughs> I did, and it didn't occur to me really until the other night when Caitlin was talk, talking about, these seasons are usually longer than this. And I said, no, they're usually 13 episodes in a and a Christmas special. And she says, no, they're not. There's a lot more than that. And, of course, <laughs> I went to went to Netflix, and I started showing her 13 episodes, 13 episodes, and a Christmas special, 13 episodes, and a Christmas special. Then, of course, I got to series four, and it has, like, 15 episodes, and she suddenly went, aha! And I said, no, because these are that year of specials that were tagged on to the end of this. And she goes, what? Nuh-uh. And so then I went over to the DVDs, and I went, <laughs> season one, season two, season three, season four, oh, so specials. Wait, <laughs> wait, back up. Maybe I didn't realize this. The specials are on Netflix. They're just lumped in with season four. Yeah, I think they Except for the one doctor then. is still missing, the, I think. The, the next doctor? The next doctor. The next doctor, yeah, not the one doctor. Huh. That was, okay. I think. I may, be, I may be wrong on that now. It might be. Or one of them is, no, uh, Planet of the Dead. They're, one of those is still not. It's still MIA or by itself. And, and when you go into the seasons, it doesn't even show up. But at least it used to. Maybe it does now. I don't know. I haven't looked. I don't. I rarely watch these on Netflix. Karen, uh, Caitlin does. I keep calling her Karen. Uh, my sister's Karen. Uh, Caitlin keeps watching them on Netflix, but she keeps going back and watching older episodes. No, they're all on. Netflix. Netflix. It was, uh, they are. are they all there? Okay. Yeah, next up, the Dead, Waters of Mars, and it's okay, They must have finally got that sorted out because for the longest time, one of those was not in there. And you couldn't find it unless you went and specially yeah. searched for it. But, um, And I, this is just a, a little off uh, shoot story, but I was uh, in the living room watching football today, and Caitlin was in Mason's bedroom quizzing him on all of the doctors. <laughs> <laughs> Proud dad moment. <laughs> nice. Did Caitlin and Holly like this one? Yes, they did. I always go back to the. Yes, what, what, was, what was the other woman in your life's opinion? They both did, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I think it goes back to. And this was the first time I thought this, and kind of when it started to bother me was they both said, "Oh, this was this felt very Doctor Who." <laughs> okay, well there you go. So they. Lends to your <laughs> explanation earlier. For those fans who aren't quite liking it, where uh, where's your mom at? Did she? Uh, she last we had left off with her with Happiness Patrol. So uh, not the movie yet. Not the movie yet. Okay. She, she was actually going to watch Ghostlight. Oh, that's right. Yeah, uh, she, she was going to watch. She tonight she was watching Resur- uh, Remembrance of the Daleks. That's what it was. Remembrance, so, and then you had and Ghost Light, too. I don't know if she's actually going to watch Ghost Light. She hasn't been feeling well, so she was mm-hmm. kind of putting it off, thinking she needed her all of her mental faculties for it. She probably does. For, <laughs> for Ghost Light, yeah. So uh, I haven't heard whether I'd she liked it or not. I'd be very interested in her opinion on Ghost Light. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> she really likes Seven. 
You said she she likes that. Uh, you said and, she really that, liked Happiness Patrol. And that's what she texted me about it. I didn't text with her much about actual remembrance of the Daleks, but that was one of the comments she said that was she really liked Seven. And I said, oh, you might have found your classic doctor. And she said, I think so. Huh. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> it's, yeah. Go Sly. Go Sly. No, go Sly. Oh, go, go, go Sly. Go Sly. Go Sly. But if she's already liking him, then she may not have any issues with Go Sly. Well, she may, but that's not for Sylvester McCoy's I think fault. that's the thing. I have a problem with Ghostlight, her watching Ghostlight, is I almost think she needs to see that, then Curse of Fenric, and then Survival, because the, that's the Ace Trilogy. I still haven't seen Curse of Fenric. I know. Neither have I. The only Seventh Doctor I haven't seen in, in its entirety, because somebody won't let me watch it's it. It's on Moratorium. It's on uh, Netflix. It's, it's- <laughs> Doesn't count. I'm, I'm about to finish the stupid thing because I'm already two episodes into it. <laughs> You're cheating. <laughs> oh, I'm not cheating. You are cheating. I am not You're cheating. You're not allowed to watch it because it's the one you haven't seen uh, and no. you want to watch it together. The only check mark I can't tick off of my seventh Doctor series. I know. Like every Doctor except for still missing a couple of, well, of what's available. I'm only missing a couple of third doctors which i'm almost done i've almost watched all of those because i've been going back and watching those i'm gonna warn you in advance it's not as great a feeling as you think <laughs> star trek fan extraordinaire well, right well, i was gonna say what do you know you haven't watched all the doctor who every time we come to one you go i never saw this and i went what kind of doctor who fan are you star trek fan extraordinaire right watched uh i don't even remember what it was i was i was doing something and uh, when mel and i went back and did our rewatch because we uh, before Star the Trek came out, we watched all of Star Trek, right? all the yeah. original series leading up to it. Not that we had to, we just kind of wanted to. Um, and I got to Errand of Mercy, where the Klingons are um, influencing the planet, and mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're kind of all that, and then the Organians come in and make the peace treaty between them. Blah blah blah. It's kind of a crappy episode. <laughs> yeah. Well, I realized <laughs> I've never seen this. What? I had a seen Star Trek. You'd never seen pieces. Oh, that's me and Doctor Who. But I had, I had never sat down and actually <laughs> watched the full episode. It was I was flabbergasted. Oh, and here's me, this yeah. episode of the 60-year-old show, 40-year-old <laughs> show, and it's new to me. And I was so awesome! <laughs> and then it ended, and I realized... Now I am done. <laughs> I've seen them all. And I was left with this enormous empty pit <laughs> in the center of my where my being should be. And I'm trying to save you. Well, the nice <laughs> thing is they're, they're still making episodes. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and there's Big seen, Finish. Yeah, I won't see. Haven't, haven't seen everything. Um, you I don't care about. You. No. <laughs> I, I, I totally know where you're coming from because there's a good chunk of Doctor Who that I, I, in my mind, especially in that fifth Doctor era, that in my mind I had seen enough of them to know what they were, what they are about, and almost the resolution of them. But then we'll go back and we'll sit down and we'll watch it and I'll go, I've never seen this from start to finish. <laughs> Which is weird. Was it Porter Doomsday was the last Port one? Doomsday was well, never yeah. seen this all the way through. Um, what was the other one? There was, there was another one in that batch that I went. And I, 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 in fact, I went into it going, yeah, I've seen this one. I've seen this one. And then I watched it and went, I don't remember about two thirds of this. <laughs> that was early on, though, that one. Porter Doomsday, though, it wasn't. But, no, that one was well, Porter Doomsday was, was one that I, I think I. Missed a week back when it first aired, and so there was one episode, uh-huh. one whole episode I hadn't seen and didn't realize it. So, 
because I remembered the last episode specifically. In fact, when we started watching it, I went, oh, this is that one. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Oh, I get it. (laughs) Anything else? I liked it. It was good. Hopefully we haven't melted any of the uh, listeners' (laughs) brains tonight. Um, I'm still holding off on mine, but now we've determined that I don't have to put it in an envelope. They can say, hey, guess what? You were right. (laughs) No, I still think you should put it in an envelope because I want the ceremony. (laughs) (laughs) I have a Karnak hat I should have recorded what we talked about. Then we could go back and play it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, if that's going to do it for this week. We've got next week on the show. What's going on Oh, yeah, gosh. Well, I'm just (laughs) way getting ahead of myself right here. What are we got coming up on this show? I'm glad Well, we've already asked. done the Patreon bid, and we've already done the feedback yeah, would, bid. Would anybody like to, to Patreon? Yeah, if anybody wants to Patreon, please. We are still um, we, we we still need money. I mean, it's the the server, unfortunately, um, is a cost that's ongoing for us. So um, every bit of help, uh, support helps. Um, again, we want to thank everyone that has subscribed to Patreon. Um, the, your efforts are huge into going on and helping us continue this podcast. And you have the option, um, whether it's a one-time. We, we, we've had Patreon supporters who are one-time people who just provided here, here's a, this. Yes. And we've had people who have actually subscribed, subscribed and said, yes. you know, here's here's this. Either way, you know, yeah. we, we would be exceptionally grateful yes. for, for whatever you can, can throw our way to help us uh, subsidize and this I, endeavor. I, 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 I'm going to go here now because I, I, for the longest time, didn't want to scare anybody into thinking that this was coming to an end. But I think we can all honestly say a few months ago we were, were – I think we all in the front of, forefront of our minds thought there was a chance that this could end. And uh, I guess there always is a chance that this could end. Um, but with the support that we've gotten, this this really is, is – we were on live support for a while. And with the help that we've gotten, that's extended this live support uh, substantially, and we, we, we appreciate that. And I don't want to sound like we're begging for money because we, we don't want anybody to – I mean, we want people to enjoy this. Well, we want people to enjoy this and, and, and realize that this is our gift to you. If, if, if you're enjoying this show, um, thank you for being a listener. Thank you for being – and we don't expect you to be a subscriber to be a loyal listener because you, you, can, you can do both or you can do one or the other. But the, the, the life of the show does, de- does de- depend on what kind of support we get. And already your support has gone a long way for, for just – your moral support has been gone a long way for us uh, being on this long. And as we reach our 200th show, um, we couldn't have done that without the, the, the moral support uh, that we've had behind this show so far. Unfortunately, we are now at that point where we do require some uh, financial support, and anything that anybody can do to help us out is is much appreciated. I mean, let's, let's be honest. We would love to get together and talk Doctor Who. We Period. probably would, regardless. Just, just regardless. <laughs> but, but you the, won't be able to hear it. <laughs> the, the, the delivery of it is, is, is what is in question. Yes. Now, you know, I would, I, if I had the time, I would love to call each and every one of you individually and give you my thoughts on the episode and tell you why Keith and Glenn are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> there just simply aren't enough hours in the day for me to be able to do that. So the podcast really kind of makes the most sense. I can say it all at once, and you can agree with me, and then we can go on about our day. You know, but... The, the, the server is really paramount to making sure that that continues <laughs> yeah, to happen. Yeah. So. Um, and, of course, if, if, if you don't want to uh, subscribe through Patreon, 
Obviously, uh, there are other avenues. Um, we do have our Amazon store. Any purchases on there, a portion of those proceeds do go to us, which we do put back into this show, and or go to this podcast, I should say. They don't really go to us in any way. Um, and also our spreadsheet, uh, spreadshirt site. Um, I know I've been promising <laughs> new merchandise site. on there. <laughs> We're working on some uh, designs now. Um, it's it's at least to me, it's imperative that we get some uh, pleasing designs, that we don't just throw something up there with our name on it and say, hey, please buy this piece of junk. You know, we want we want stuff that's that's relevant and, and cool. So. I had a Tartus-shaped Frisbee. And <laughs> I thought it was, it was you know, Tartus-shaped, and it was flat, and thriving the vortex on it, and Glenn vetoed it because... Turns out they don't fly. They don't fly. <laughs> Something about them having to be circular. I thought it was a really awesome idea. <laughs> He just poo-pooed all over it. He said something about space buffaloes. He wandered off. Just, <laughs> just really brought me down. But, but that's quality control. Don't be a you. space buffalo. Um, so yeah, that's enough of our begging. Um, just just like PBS, we 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 uh, we count on listeners like you. <laughs> <laughs> that's the new slogan. Instead of just like Doctor Who Confidential, only <laughs> now we're like PBS. Less facts and more banter. We rely on listeners like now you. we're just like PBS, where we're going to pump you for money. <laughs> God, I love being a pump. Oh, oh, wait until the end of the year comes when we do our pledge drive. <laughs> <laughs> you, you ain't heard nothing yet. <laughs> Talk about begging for money. All right, uh, what do we got coming up? We should do a whole episode that's just called Pledge Drive and make it run. <laughs> like nobody would download it. It would no. be the lowest rate. Oh God, no! I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to be guilted into sending money. And it'll be the best episode we've ever done, and nobody will know it. <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out there and make them wonder. So that when Pledge Drive does come around, they'll all go, oh, is this the one? <laughs> but because we do have a foreseeable future, what do we come got come, What do we have coming up on the schedule? <laughs> <laughs> My brain just deciphered what you tried to say. Okay. <laughs> uh, coming up Good, because mine didn't, and it didn't come out. <laughs> I, 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 Coming up next on the schedule, uh, again, for if, you, if you're just joining or new to this, we do Friday Night Who. Every Friday night at midnight, we watch an episode of Doctor Who. This week is Carnival of Monsters Yay! with the third Doctor, one of our favorites. Yes. Um, a favorite. A favorite. <laughs> we, 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 we favorite this one, and uh, it's a good one. And uh, hopefully it will uh, kind of tie in with uh, the episode uh, of <laughs> Maybe not. We're just doing it for fun now. We're, we're, we're taking a chance. Hey, the last one had mummies. There was mummies in there. there was mum- yeah. Totally did that on purpose. Uh, so our, our, uh, our show this week, is, or our Friday Night Who this week is Carnival Monsters. Our show next week will be discussing Flatline, which is episode 199, if you can believe that. Uh, and then um, Friday Night Who the following week is The Doctor of the Wood and the Wardrobe with Matt Smith. And our big 200th episode... Which I had such grand plans for if and when we ever hit 200. And instead, we're reviewing an episode of Doctor Who. We'll be doing it in the forest of the night with Peter Capaldi. So we'll see if we can work something. We still have two weeks. We might be able to work something into that. Well, I didn't want to make it a four hour extravaganza, you know. I do no, have oh, that's when we'll do us. our pledge drive. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take a half hour of the four hours. If you want to know what we thought of this week's <laughs> Doctor Who episode, <laughs> stick around. But first, 
we, we do have uh, we do have to, to go into the uh, traveling the vortex prize vault to uh, pull out our, <laughs> our, our our prizes of epic game show proportions <laughs> to, uh, to to maybe maybe that would be a good opportunity to do that for our two hundredth anniversary. That's why we should uh, tell people to listen to the pledge drive because there probably will be prizes. Yeah. Oh, there will be. <laughs> they may not be anything you want. <laughs> 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 I have a 42-volume encyclopedia set from the 1970s. <laughs> Must pick up. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I can't ship it to you. I have a prototype TARDIS Frisbee. <laughs> Warning, does not fly. I'm gonna I'm gonna send the specs on that to BBC because I really think there's some money to be made there. I think they're just waiting to slap that you know on what? something. It would look send cool it hanging on a wall. That's about it. <laughs> Come a hole in the middle of it, and make a record out of it, <laughs> or a clock. Ooh. Ooh. No, that's too. That's too in. <laughs> that makes far too much sense. Makes far too much sense. Uh, a Doctor Who clock that looks like the TARDIS that a TARDIS that tells time. Are you mad? <laughs> Couldn't possibly do that. Well, you have to tell the time you need, not the time you wanted. <laughs> it's the Batman clock. It's not the clock you need. It's the one you deserve. <laughs> Uh, yes, more of this. <laughs> I, yeah, that's good. I'm not going to go. That's it. That. That's, all, that's, all, that's all you need to know. This is a close, uh, actually, close I, the show now. I, I suppose we should uh, mention then um, the invasion. Did we mention that last week? I don't remember. I think so. We're doing the invasion with Patrick Troughton after that. I'm breaking it into two parts. So we'll do four episodes one night and then four episodes the following week, which could be important because I'm not sure if that's one of the ones that is. Widely available. It, it is, is on moratorium. It yeah. is back yeah. on moratorium. It is isn't back it? on moratorium. Do we know if it's on Netflix? It is it not, is on, not Netflix. on Netflix. It's not on Netflix, but it is on Hulu Plus. Hulu Plus. Sure. It is. I'm okay. Sure. Okay. So you've got a month to go get <laughs> <laughs> it. If we if we all us to if, we, their... if you get your uh, free two week trial of Hulu Plus we, that week, those two weeks, we could all watch it there and we'd be on sync because the commercials. We could, <laughs> commercials would be okay. It's true. So you're saying I shouldn't use the DVD? No, I, <laughs> I think we should use the DVD. My lawfully purchased DVD from <laughs> BBC America? <laughs> from BBC America. <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't from BBC America. I just realized we probably really irritated Lisa with all the product placement we just did in the show. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Lisa. I didn't mean Oh, now. Now, now, now. Uh, Tongue planted firmly in cheek. I hope you realize. <laughs> I think I have popcorn in my tooth. I shouldn't stick my tongue in there. In the middle of your tooth? <laughs> Don't stick your tongue in there. What season? What are you, what are you pulling out there, Glenn? I'm trying to find out. Kind of trying to figure out. No, no, you're, still you're, going. you're all right. We can finish this show. Here. <laughs> he's, he's pulling something up on his iPad. I was actually looking to see if uh, Invasion was on Hulu Plus. Now that I said that, I don't want to come back next week and go, oh, it's not there. <laughs> he doesn't want to be proven wrong. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. never, I wish you guys could see this. I'm never this is, wrong. This is a riveting. I'm never wrong. He's, he's got the iPad out. He's so searching. It was a white screen for a while. All right. Is that going to do it for this week? If uh, not, until next week. Screen. I think he's got connection problems. <laughs> I'm Glenn. 
Oh, is that my cue? We're going to... Okay. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. <laughs> Keith just patiently waited. Yep, yep, yep. Sean will say it eventually. Keith will, Keith will play ball with me. Yeah. I'm playing with waiting to find out if it's on. Yeah, we're, we're trying to... Mm-hmm. Cheers! This is some important information we're ready to disseminate it's, here. It's and you're like just willing to kind of blow it off and be like... Oh, I don't is know. it on there, though? I don't Should know. Should show up in the episode I, list? I, I, well, it, the episode list won't come up. Oh. It comes up by season, and then when I go into the season, it doesn't come up. Can't you scroll through the season on the one page? No, that's the point. I go there, and then I go browse series... And then I go to the seasons, and I'm presuming it's here in well, season six because these aren't really in the right seasons. And when you go there, that's where in. it locks up, and it doesn't show me anything in that season. Maybe there's nothing in that season. No, there is. <gasps> Hulu Plus is fallible. Maybe, maybe, maybe the great <laughs> intelligence was successful in wiping out the Doctor's timeline. Ooh. That kind of sort of retcons missing episodes. And the fact that one of them is a great intelligence story. Yeah. I like it. I mean, seriously. They're, they're not going That'd make on. a great short story. Oh, don't get me. <laughs> <laughs> I have too much maths homework to do. <laughs> See what I did there? Maths. 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 Is it more than one? <laughs> <laughs> you know what else had more how, than one? How many maths? Robots. <laughs> Good night, everybody. You got it yet? <laughs> <laughs> you guys really are stalling. Oh, no. I don't know. I'm kind of wondering if maybe it doesn't have it on there. If I can't get it to come up even in a search. Way to end with a physical. <laughs> Wait a minute. It's no, not on I don't think it is, guys. Tension is terrible. I hope it'll last. I've got the invasion of time, the android invasion. Well, the Horns of Nyman for Stream Raising comes up there. <laughs> Warriors of the Deep, Terry the Autumn, Spirit from Space, and the Time Bender. I'm afraid it's not. No invasion. No invasion, ladies and gentlemen. Too bad. Be seeing you. <laughs> the longest <laughs> sign off ever. It's Peace Train, oh, you have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.